The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, hello, world, and welcome back to A Solid 7 Podcast, a better-than-average podcast, if I do say so myself, and I often do. This isn't a show about nothing, but it's also not a show about any one thing. Each week, I like to get together with a guest, talk about whatever is going on in the world that interests us, and hope and believe that it will interest you, too. And this week... Happy to welcome back podcast regular and good buddy of mine, Mr. Jason Shorey. Welcome back, sir. Thank you, sir. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. <laughs> uh, now, normally when I have guests, uh, particularly if it's, uh, well, you were a little radio voicey there, but I like it. I dig it. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, normally, you know, not every time, like usually not with regulars. I try and show regulars some love uh, here and there when I can, hook up with some Jocko Go, maybe send a little, little gift card or something. But, uh, you know, normally it's me sending a guest something. And uh, Jason, just stand-up guy that he is, a couple weeks ago, um, you know, messaged me for my address. Uh, yes, a, a better friend would have already had it, and that's fine. We'll have that discussion off air. Um, and I was, I was curious cause Jason, like he's, he's already married. Pretty sure he's done having kids. Uh, it's too late for Christmas cards. Um, so, you know, my best guess was that you were going to have me served with papers. Like I figured I was being sued, uh, for something. And then, uh, a mysterious box shows up, uh, in the mailbox and, uh, from, from Michigan. And uh, I crack it open and I don't know what I was expecting, but I, I was not expecting, like a, a big, like a big thing of uh, homemade deer sausage and uh, some cheddar cheese uh, straight from the from the shores in Michigan. So thanks, buddy. Yeah, you're very welcome. I uh, when obviously I, I know I sent you pictures or whatever when I was out hunting and, and finally, finally toward the end of the season, I was able to go out and uh, it's just been such a crazy few months. It's been a crazy few months. It really has. And uh, so finally I was able to get out and do a little bit of hunting and um Wanted wanted to share a little Michigan deer love with you, and uh, actually that that cheese that I had in that box too, the Williams cheese. Um, there's actually a local pastor here just on the street from us. That's his family, like that's his uncle that owns the business. It's about uh, the the factory is about an hour from here, uh, so it's even it's even local cheese, kind of in in the kind of grasslands and and corn fed areas of Michigan in the middle of the state, and uh, so it's good stuff, man. Nice. I like it. I like it. Well, it was it was certainly appreciated, and of course the uh, the littles were were happy to see some of the little sweets and goodies that had been thrown in there with it. So I don't know if I'll get them to try the sausage, but what's that? I said I, I imagine as much. I you know they they were in my mind yeah. as well when I was sending the the little extra treats in the box. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know that they're going to go for deer sausage, but they, they're more than happy to uh, to try the treats. Well, uh, you've been on here enough times now to know we got to take care of podcast business before uh, we get too cheap, too, uh, too deep. And uh, that means uh, we gotta we got to crack some Chaco Go here. So I got a, uh, uh, for the Patreon listeners uh, that can actually see the camera, I got a little uh, whoop of salt watermelon. I, I've been kind of on a kick with uh, the watermelon. I believe this is what I had last episode, too. So uh, just... Uh, well, you're going to, I know I'm going to offend you here, but uh, there is nowhere, uh, at least within hours of me, to get Chaco Go. So I had to go with the next best thing. So... Uh, I have a good old black Adam Zoa white peach that I'm going to be doing because uh, they're about the only thing that's kind of, you know, it's, it's not, it's got more caffeine because it's a bigger can, but uh, it's got great flavor and it's all vitamins as well. So kind of the next I, best I'm, thing. I want to be clear uh, for uh, Brian Littlefield and anyone else from uh, Jocko Fuel that, that may be listening including Jocko himself. Uh, this was not discussed in advance. So this has not been approved. Uh, by the podcast and very well maybe uh, bleeped and or cut from the episode. Just, you know, uh, I have to say it's kind of a shot across the bow for, for the, for origin mean, uh, because man, I, I want to buy it. I, I you know, since they, I, I gave you a call text message and let you know, like I've tried several of the flavors now that they've revamped them. I really did not like them before. Like I could, I could barely choke them down and not even finish the cans. Uh, but since they've redone the flavors, they're actually delicious. Like they're really good, oh. and I would love a place to buy them. So let's get them up here, guys. There's a lot of people yeah, up in northern I, Michigan who would love some Jocko Go too. Yeah, I, I was a fan before, as you know, and uh, it's just been a whole new ball game with the new improved flavors. So if you're like Jason and somehow you're in uh, a Jocko Go desert, uh, you can of course always just visit SolidSevenPodcast.com. Click right there on the Jocko Fuel link. And uh, order yourself up some with uh, our promo code, Solid7. That's well ID7. Get a little 10% off. Get a little love to the podcast. Uh, you know, support America, American workers. Support yourself to win, win, win all the way around. <laughs> and it pairs nicely, nicely with some deer jerky and cheddar. Uh, Did you get I, to try that yet? To. Have you tried I guess that? Deer, deer sausage. No, I, I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. I, I'm not gonna sit here and, and blow. Uh, I was gonna say sunshine up your skirt, which obviously now I have, and I just don't know at this point how, where that phrase lands on the scale of offense and acceptability. And uh, I guess you should say gas. I'm not gonna gaslight you. I guess that's the the new sunshine up the skirt. Um, but uh, I haven't, and I'm going to tell you why. I've been, uh, you know, regular listeners or know that uh, after Jeff Smith came on uh, from Colorado Craft Beef and and uh, sent me some of his delicious wares, which haven't stopped coming since he sent the first box. Uh, sadly, only the first one was uh, gratis, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy to pay for the subsequent boxes. But kind of pushed me over the edge on carnivore and had been doing that and kind of still my, my regular um, workout thing. And uh, just going, just going carnivore, just out of curiosity. And I, I like playing around with nutrition, fitness, stuff like that. Um, had already dropped a fair amount of weight. Well, then here recently, um, if you've uh, listeners caught the last episode uh, with Grant Wernicke Jr., uh, the winner of the last uh, Def Reset for uh, Jocko Fuel and Echelon Front. So I'm kind of participating in the Def Reset. 
uh, right? And, and all the components of that, one of which is like just making sure you're fueling right and avoiding garbage. Not that deer sausage is, is uh, garbage by uh, any stretch of the imagination. But then just because I'm me uh, and just any one thing going on isn't quite enough, um, I got sucked back into uh, Orange Theory's Transformation Challenge this year, which I, I won at our home studio a few years ago. The prize used to be bigger. I won 500 bucks out of that. And it was just a simple, you know, eight weeks long. You had to work out at least three times a week, at least six out of the eight weeks, right? Um, and then it was just, you know, simple uh, greatest percentage of body weight lost, Um I don't remember what my percentage was. The weight loss was somewhere right around 30 pounds, uh, whatever the percentage that worked out to. That's how I won. But then for the longest time, you couldn't win again. Like, this is crap. So you there, they'd be like, you doing the transformation challenge? N- no, no, I'm not doing the transformation challenge. Why would I? Obviously, there's personal benefit and blah, 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 <laughs> uh, whatever. No, I'm, I'm not going to pay you extra to participate in a thing. I can't win. Well, they've changed it up and past winners can win again now. And, uh, as, um, as, uh, Dr. Uh, Ryan Banting, who's, who's been on the podcast here, will will tell you one of my older friends, uh, there's few things in this life I love as much as whooping people in a weight loss contest. <laughs> and, uh, so, I, so I'm back into that. And when I do that stuff, I really kind of lock in and, um, the easiest way to nail your nutrition for something like this and, um, to not say like overconsume after you've put a lot of work in um, to build strength and burn extra calories is just to be very, very regimented about what you eat. And for me, the easiest way to do that is to eat the same exact thing every day, uh, which is what I've been doing since uh, January 11th. Uh, and it pegs me right at uh, 1,880 calories a day. It puts me uh, right at one gram of protein per pound of lean body mass, uh, and the the rest comes from fats. Couple grams of carbs sneak in there, not many, probably sub ten a day. So still kind of on on that carnivore path a little. Uh, you know, listeners who are are local to me here and know me from uh, the church where you and I used to work together will say, "But wait, isn't the church doing the Daniel's fast?" Yes, they are. Uh, I'm fasting other things uh, in place of doing the Daniels fast to still participate in that kind of spiritual discipline uh, and actually started the month off before the Transformation Started Challenge. actually did a total food fast, which I hadn't done for some time, um, for, for several days, for four days. Um, but so uh, that. That was a, that was uh, a couple episodes back that you had yeah. talked about that with, uh, what was it, the Chris Pratt um, series or whatever that he was, or no, it wasn't Chris Pratt. It was... Um, Oh, good Lord. Yeah, wrong Chris. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, there you go. They did the four-day fast or yeah. whatever and all of, the, all of that. Like, I, I wanted to actually mm-hmm. watch that episode because that's something that's kind of been in my mind anyways, just for health reasons even, because uh, I've been doing um, myself, I've been doing like intermittent fasting, which really isn't fasting. Yeah. It's you, you eat at appropriate times, you know? So, like, you don't eat after 6 o'clock and yeah. you eat later in the morning. That's your breakfast is like at 10 o'clock or whatever and and – Man, it's even yeah. just that is a huge difference from the the normal diet that that most people in the mm-hmm. U.S. at this point eat. Yeah, there there's good data behind, and usually when I'm uh, spouting stuff like this, it's um, 
you know, I'm parroting people like Dr. Peter Atia, who came up in that conversation. He served as one of the experts uh, for the the Limitless series uh, on Nat Geo with Chris Hemsworth, but also uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick's a, a great resource on on nutrition. Um, and uh, she's somebody, she's been on a lot of big podcasts. She's got a big podcast of, of her own. She's been on Joe Rogan several times uh, and really is a wealth of information um, on, on fasting and uh, fasting mimicking diets, um, you know, and then all kinds of other stuff, sauna and, and, and workout and stuff like that. But um, yeah, there's, there's some really cool data around all kinds of the different versions of, of fasting. But if I, I, I think I'm correct in saying, you know, there's, there's some solid, peer-reviewed studies now even around, um, you'll see improvement in body composition, um, you know, fat mass versus lean mass, uh, and, and even overall weight simply from incorporating, um, intermittent fasting where all, mm-hmm. all that is, is you're talking about just a, comp- a compressed eating window. You're not getting right up and eating first thing in the morning. You're not eating all the way till you go to bed. Normally, you know, there's, there's varying degrees of it. Some people do, um, you know, like an 18 hour fast, you know, typically somewhere from like a 14 hour to 18 hour fasting window. And that, that rest of that time you're eating. I know a lot of people do like, Oh, I'm going to consume all my calories between like noon and six is pretty common. Um, and so yeah, what, I, what the data shows with that are, yeah, I do the, yeah. I do the 10 and six. So it's a little bit easier, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it doesn't even take much to look into to really see like to the point where it, it a lot of times it can reduce diabetes. Um, but when it's, when it's just mm-hmm. because of your overeating or the sugars that you're eating and all of that, like there's just crazy amounts of, of benefits from, from just making sure you're eating at appropriate times. Yeah. I mean, certainly there's, there's, you know, additional gains and, and possibly greater gains to be had in also improving the the quality of what you're consuming. Mm-hmm. But the data shows just by doing the compressed eating window, even if you don't change anything about your diet, uh, that you'll see uh, improvement and and see advantage from that. So it's interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it, like it really has. That's been one of the biggest things. I started. Um, actually, it's called um, uh, Fit Coach is the app or whatever. But it's it's all it can all lead uh-huh. you through. Which there's a lot of them like that. But they they lead you through like calisthenic workouts and stuff where you're doing burpees or yeah. push ups or sit ups or whatever. You know, you're doing all these different things, kind of incorporating a little bit of yoga and stretches and all that kind of stuff and. Uh, over the course of the last couple months with the intermittent fasting with that, drinking enough water, it's one of the biggest things. People don't realize, but they end up holding so much water in their body just because they're not getting enough water. And you need like yeah. a minimum like 72 ounces of water a day, even even at a fairly sedentary uh, lifestyle or whatever. You need a good bit more water, and, and even that will cause you to lose weight or whatever. But I've lost over 25 pounds at this point. Um, yeah. from kind of doing very, very few changes in the food that I'm eating, but eating at appropriate times and a little bit of working out. I hurt myself, uh, getting old as I am at this point, but, uh, I hurt myself. So I haven't been able to work out and it's driving me nuts, but, yeah. um, so it's been for about a month or so that I haven't been able to work out, but, uh, but yeah, I'm still, still down about 25, little over 25 pounds or whatever, just because of eating a little bit more correctly and drinking the right amount of fluids and, and doing a little bit of workout. And it's amazing the difference. Yeah, I've heard differing takes uh, on on the water intake. Now, I've increased my water intake right now just because it's part of the def reset. So I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll you know, it's the used car salesman pitch, right? Like, 
I'll, I'll drink more water for intentionally for January and see if I notice a difference, see if I, I feel any better. Because I'm pretty bad about intentionally drinking water. You know, mornings are usually coffee and or Jocko Go, some some combination of those things. And then, uh, you know, we really like you know, these, uh, you know, sparkling, you know, fruity, sparkling water things that are all the rage now. And, but rarely <laughs> am I just like, let me get, let me get, let me just get some water. Uh so uh, that's that's it's funny because that's been uh, kind of a challenging aspect of the discipline equals freedom reset for me is just trying to get down that 128 ounces um, of water a, a day. Water. And uh, somebody who, uh, uh, you know, somebody in the space that I really, really like and trust on nutrition and fitness is a guy named Mark Sisson. Um, he founded the blog Mark's Daily Apple. He founded the company. Um, uh, well, he wrote the book Primal Blueprint, um, founded the company Primal Kitchen, which most people at this point have seen their products on the shelves at, at their grocery stores. That's really grown. Um, and so, you know, he's always been more one that's like, um, and uh, Mark, if you hear this and I'm wrong, come on the podcast and correct me. We'd love to have you anytime. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he he's a voice been like, you know, no, there's really no science. There's really no solid data backing up like the standard eight glasses of water a day. Uh, you know, it, drinking drinking when you're thirsty, you know, is, is sufficient for most people. And they do if you start to track. Um, uh, I kind of got away from my fitness pal. I think a lot of people have used that and use it. You know, if you've ever tried to track calories, macros, uh, anything like that, you've probably used my fitness pal. I'm using something called chronometer, uh, these days works real similar. Um, but when you start to use those apps, if it's incorporated into it, which chronometer does, it'll indicate your fluid intake from your food as well. And it's really easy to underestimate how much water, how much fluid you're taking in just from, from your diet, from your food. Um, so the fluid intake is normally higher for most people than just what you, what you've guzzled down, um, or would imagine, but man, it's, it's a challenge for me some days. I mean, you know, not on like heavy workout days, I'm going for a long rock. It's easy to get in a gallon on that day. I'll say, uh, I don't know that I've noticed any particular change just from that. Now, the other thing is I'm doing bad science right now. Uh, so I'm doing so much different right now that it would be hard to attribute any one good thing or benefit to, to anything in particular. Uh, you know, if you wanted to do good science and say, Hey, would drinking more water make me feel a lot better? You'd want to make sure that's the only thing you're trained changing for a week or two or, or whatever. Uh, but you know, I dialed back nutrition, dialed up fitness, uh, and, and you know, dialed up training and all this stuff all kind of around the same time. So, um, definitely feeling better, which has been the case, you know, I've dropped, um, I'm down right now from when I, I started and Jason's known me long enough to see me do this in significant ways, a few different times in life. Um, but, uh, from the high point right now, yeah, from that, from the high point right now, I'm down about 26 pounds. Um, I'm down, um, I want to say probably about four pounds, uh, since the 11th from, uh, starting, uh, orange theories transformation challenge. Um, when I won it last time, I dropped, um, 30 pounds over the eight weeks. I don't know if I've got a 30 pound drop in me over this eight weeks in that I was already down 22 uh, when I started it and to, to hit a 30 pound drop this go round, I'd need to be at about a 1500 calorie deficit 
on average every day of the challenge across all, it's about 66 days uh, from initial. See, the, the challenge starts on one date, but you can weigh in as much as three days before that. And it ends on a date and you can weigh in as much as three days after that. To me, if you're not weighing in on the very first day and the very last day, you're not trying to win. <laughs> uh, so for me to be about 66 days, I'd need to, to, to hit a, a deficit right around 1,500 calories a day. Again, on average, because your body doesn't know that your body's not like, oh, resetting the calorie clock because the clock rolled over. But that's about what you would want to average. And man, it's a tough, uh, it's a, a, a tough deficit to get to on a daily basis uh, with work and kids and the whole shebang. Last time I did this, it was before the kids. Uh, and I was on uh, like an unlimited plan at Orange Theory. And in addition to the work I was doing outside of Orange Theory, I was doing five a weeks, uh, including a 90-minute workout there on Saturdays. Uh, and you can just get such a massive calorie burn. I mean, I went and worked out today, uh, and in a 55-minute workout, you know, I had a, a you know, 900-calorie burn. Some of that was active calories or, you know, uh, you know built-in metabolic calories. Some of those I would have burned just uh, sitting on the couch, just being alive, existing. Uh, but the rest of that, it, it was it's significant increase. And so, which can really, for most people, like just trying to exercise your way to weight loss, just trying to burn more calories is a horrible idea. And data shows this over and over and over again. You go burn all the calories. And then even if you don't intend to, you will naturally consume more calories. Even if you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to reward myself for that, which many people do, but even if you're trying not to, no, I'm still going to eat sensible, you're still prone to consume more of whatever it is that you're eating, which is part of why I dial in my nutrition so hard during those things so I can't fall victim to that. Now, I, you know, I still, if it's not on the plan right now, I'm not eating it. I, I pivoted some here and there, like we had a day. Uh, out at one of the theme parks, they really don't, they frown on you bringing containers of like ground beef with cheese in it into the parks. I don't know why, uh, you know, so that day it was a, it was a big bag of jerky uh, instead. And then I, I, when we got home, I did something else to, to, uh, uh, you know, make up the difference in fat jerky tends to be pretty lean, um, you know, so it's not totally uh, inflexible. Now, your log of homemade deer sausage didn't come with any nutritional information, so I'm not sure how much deer sauce. I'm not sure how much I could supplement in for ground beef. I will uh, say this: there, there's uh, deer. The actual venison is is extremely extremely lean, very very low in calories, no carbs. Um, it's high in protein though, so it depends on. I mean that that could end yeah. up being if you have a certain amount of protein that you're able to get. Venison is high in protein because it's a very lean, strong, solid wild meat. Um, but this stuff, I mean, it's it's literally it's it's just the meat. It's mixed with a little bit of pork sausage uh, because it's so lean. I was gonna, just yeah, I was gonna, um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't. Yeah, I was gonna say it's normally cut with high. either. Yeah, 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 yeah normally so cut with either beef sausage. fat or or pork fat, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's got a little bit of pork sausage in it or whatever, and then it's just some seasonings. Um, so this is a little bit saltier than I like. Uh, I know a lot of people like it a little bit saltier. It's more like a beef jerky flavor at this point. I like it a little bit less salty uh, myself, but uh, man, it's, it's still delicious. You put a nice little, I actually, that's what I had for lunch. I cut off two little like quarter inch slabs and put a piece of cheese stick in between and, and had that for lunch today. And it's, 
man, it's just so nice. delicious. Yeah. Did you get that yeah, picture no, that I sent awesome. Ariana, and, and, Ariana sitting there and, and working it and, and mixing it all together and all that kind yes. of stuff? She was really wanting to learn how yeah, to do that. So wants to learn how to make beef jerky and, and summer sausage. That's a summer sausage is what it is. And, uh, man, she was just, yeah. she was in there and elbow deep in <laughs> the meat, just mixing it all, just loving life. So it's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's killer, man. And so looking forward to, uh, to down in that saving it as a bit of a, a reward here. I, I might, uh, lob off a little, little hunk here at some point to, to try and not wait out the whole uh, seven weeks from now. Uh, but it's it's all nice and safe in the in the fridge right now. But, you know, so backtracking that to say, normally, if your goal is to try and lose weight, uh, more often than not, that's going to happen in the kitchen and not the gym, unless you're going to be very intentional about understand, you know, tracking and understanding the difference uh, between, uh, you know, your baseline calories, what's your body going to, you know, you go run on a treadmill and it gets done. It says, Oh, you burn 200 calories. It's building in the amount of calories you would have expended just existing, just laying flat on the ground, not moving, breathing, and maybe digesting whatever foods in your system. Uh, and so understanding the difference between, you know, uh, just base metabolic rate and active calories and locking in the nutrition, Really, the, the fitness side's important. Um, uh, you know, there's there's all kinds of great reasons to to get and, and be and stay uh, as, as strong and fit as you can for as long as you can, which doesn't mean that you need to look like the rock on the side of, of Jason Zoican. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as, as much as your genetics will, will allow, um, there's a lot of upsides to that. But if the goal is weight loss, diet's really really what you need to be looking at. And, uh, and so I am not, not sure. I haven't done any like blood work or anything like that. Not sure how long I'll stick with, uh, carnivore. Um, you know, literally like the, the diet right now, it's, it's eggs, it's butter, it's ground beef, it's, uh, some good cheese. And it's a couple of scoops of milk a day to, uh, hit the, the protein target that, uh, that I'm trying to get to. One, one gram, and, and the idea there is to preserve, because the, they changed up the transformation challenge. It's not percentage of body weight loss anymore. It's percentage of body fat. It's the change in that. So it's, it's really important. And I was mindful of this last time because you don't want to be losing muscle. You don't want to lose your lean mass. And right. the, way you, the way you protect that when you're dropping weight is to make sure that you are working, um, that you're, that you're doing strength training, that you're communicating biologically to your body. Hey, we need that muscle. So don't give it away. Uh, and then making sure that you're consuming enough protein. So that's why I'm targeting that one gram per pound of lean body mass. Uh, but I'm not a little boy. Uh, even if I wasn't, uh, toting around so much fat, I'm not a little guy. Uh, and there's, there's still a lot of lean body mass there to feed. So whew, boy, hitting that protein target every day, uh, is, uh, it's tricky, but, uh, the mold yeah. helps for sure. So, yeah, you, uh, on, on the last week's actually the last couple episodes or whatever with Dr. Ryan Banting, you talked a lot about that stuff, but even last week you were talking about that, uh, which the challenge, man, I would love to do the challenge that you guys are doing right now. The Jocko go, I can't remember what the name of it is. Forgive me. But, uh, <laughs> one of the biggest things is, is the time that you're starting. And like with me, like I, it, like I tried, I tried working out in the mornings, uh, to start up early and all that stuff. But because at that point it's been 12 hours since I've eaten or 14 hours since I've eaten or whatever, like you try to do any type of workout, you have zero, zero food stores to, to actually burn on. Like you're literally, it just, 
it's so hard to do any, even a push yeah. up. You're just, you feel so fatigued, so hard. So like I, I can only work out at night before I go to yeah. bed, you know, a couple hours before I go to bed or whatever is the only time, because then it's at least close enough to the last meal that, that there's still some extra energy stores there to, to burn through. See, uh, I, pre- I, I prefer to work out. I prefer to work out fasted. Now I went and worked out. Uh, I don't know. Uh, whatever the last workout I, I did was might've been Wednesday morning prior to today's. And, uh, I was at orange theory and I've talked about it on here before. Part of the stick behind orange theory is you're wearing a heart rate monitor that's connected to all their stuff and it's zone based workouts. So you're trying to get minimum amounts of time in certain heart rate zones, that being orange and red, hence orange theory. Um, and I was having the, the hardest time. Um, I normally work out just schedule wise, uh, with the getting up early during the def, uh, you know, the def reset, I'll do something to get the blood, blood flowing in the morning. It's not my main workout time. Mm-hmm. Um, I might go out for a ruck, knock out a few burpees, some box or some box steps or, or something like that. Uh, but I tend to work out in the afternoons, but right now trying to get all the workouts into this transformation challenge, uh, you know, Wednesday mornings just has to be one before work. So it, it's early, right? Right. Um, so normally I'm not, I, I've fed during the day, but normally I haven't eaten just before a workout. I like to go into a workout a little bit fasted. Um, but the only way I was going to get my eggs in was to eat them before I went over there super early. And so I did. And man, I just had the hardest time getting my heart rate up. When you, when you spend one minute in either the orange or red zone there, you earn what they call a splat point. It's marketing stuff, but you earn you know, a minute in that zone, you earn a splat point. And uh, the goal, the goal is a minimum of 12 splat points in a workout. And they tout some science behind why they see that as beneficial to you. And I had the hardest time getting, getting splat points, which is normally not the case. Uh, and I think I came away with 13 normally with the level of fitness I've been at right now. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm coming in closer to, to 30 or more in an hour long workout. Um, so then today I'm in there to work out, I'm pushing hard and same thing. Like, um, I, the Apple watch now in its fitness tracking will track heart rate zones and it'll track how much time you're in each zone, a la orange theory. Uh, and I was noticing, and so I, I had those mapped together. And so Wednesday morning, I wasn't tracking on the watch. Today I was, and I noticed like the watch is showing me pegged at certain times, but the board in Orange Theory is showing me like a zone down or something. Hmm. I'm like, well, crap. Well, I get done. Part of what they do is they're constantly um, crunching the numbers on your data, like your personalized data that you're putting up during workouts. And every so many workouts, their algorithm runs and sees, like, has your aerobic capacity uh, improved? Has your, has your health improved? Um, mm. And based on your data, they, your personal data, they will adjust your heart rate zones. So uh, I get done with today's workout. And I got way more splash today, but it was still not what I had typically been getting. And sure enough, I go in to look at my heart rate zones, and they've increased my max heart rate, which trickles down through all of the other zones, by 24 beats <laughs> per minute. Um, if, you're, if you're listening and you're in like the 18 to 35 demo, which a lot of our, our listening, listeners are, um, you, don't, you don't yet understand like old man issues. <laughs> um, they bumped me 
they bumped me from a max heart rate of 179, which is wow. about in line. Like if you want simple, if you want simp, if you want simple math for what your max heart rate probably is ish, um, 220 minus your age is the basic math. That you'll look it up, you'll find that everywhere. Unless yeah. you dig into your specific data, you're doing stuff like this, or uh, you know, you go and test like VO2 max, you can get something more dialed in. But two two twenty minus your age is 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 probably good math. Uh, my age being forty two, forty two. So one seventy nine, not so bad. Um, I look today, and they have bumped my max heart rate to. 195. They're trying to make you have a heart attack, man. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> 195. I, I might be a little off without looking at the numbers, but it was like a 24% increase, like beats per minute increase or something like that. To the extent that, because you pull it up and it shows your new zones overlaid with your old zones. My orange and my red zones no longer overlap at all with the old one. So I can be at the peak of what was my old orange zone and now not be in the orange zone at all, not be earning any splat points, which tells you how freaking hard I worked today to get 20 splat points in, uh, in you know, 55-ish minutes. Uh, so all that to say, what's cool is, like, it works, right? Like, seeing that... Yeah improvement from putting in uh, more work recently and stuff like that. And I, I love the data. I love track and stuff like that. Uh, God knows I love a nice spreadsheet. Uh, you know, particularly when you got some sweet formulas doing some, some work for you really getting deep in the, in the nerd weeds here. Uh, but so I'm like, Oh, that's, that's why my, my workout sucked. <laughs> I wasn't slacking. Uh, and uh, it wasn't that 95. Holy yeah. cow. That is a, that is a high yeah. target heart rate. Like that's, I mean, that's doing well, like I, hardcore fast as you can sprints for like a solid two minutes or so. I mean, that's crazy high. That's like, that's a high heart rate, dude. For the longest time, um, I had been intentionally kind of throttling at my orange theory workouts. Um, where if I was going to get up into the red zone, I'd kind of dial back to stay in the orange, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm, you know, trying to get the, you know, the time spent in that zone that's beneficial uh, and, and not gas out and not push too hard. And for a few months now, I've laid off of that and, and pushed harder and spent more time in the red and spent more, you know, not necessarily pegged at 100%, but several times or, or often pegged at 100%. Or or beyond by several beats, and I'm certain that that uh, that that change in my behavior in the workouts is what informed the algorithm and went, oh, you got way more bandwidth, fatty. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> so that just means, uh, you know, I got to work a little harder for uh, my splats now, and uh, that's that's good. Yeah, got better. Yeah. Good. Work harder. That's, that's so, the truth. But yeah, I'm like 195. That's a that's a young man's max heart rate. That's that's, uh, what I was gonna say. that's a that's the big difference. Is is you're 42. I'm 43 at this point, and and getting heart rates like that is very different uh, than what it was 20 years ago. You know, uh, that's 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 just such a staggering difference of of not only the the effort to get there, but then the effort to then bring it back down in between. It's everything. It, it takes takes longer to get there, and and 
takes longer well, to go back. And that's, to that's, a, that's the other thing today, right? Like it was a good workout. I liked the the format today. It uh, was, was putting out there. It was some hard work. And so, uh, but I was recovering really well, really quickly. I'm like, dang, I'm, I'm all the way back. Like, <laughs> In into blue, that was a quick, a quick. I'm feeling good today. That was a quick recovery. Well, it's because like the top of the blue zone, it's like where the bottom of my orange zone was. <laughs> like it's uh, wasn't doing any better. So it was it was placebo. I had a, had a great workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm doing good today. I'm like, I was running faster paces. I was doing a faster warm up. I was cooling down quicker. I'm like, all right, let's go. But uh, no, I, nothing changed. Seventy-five beats per, per minute. Yeah, now. <laughs> nothing, nothing changed. But the math. But I, I, I did think. Like I thought, maybe my heart rate monitor, my Orange Theory monitor, was malfunctioning because you know I, I trust the tech in my Apple Watch, of course. So I'm like, why is this? But I'm looking, and they're showing within a few beats per minute. They're showing the same beats per minute. I'm like, uh, you know, like uh, old Freddie and the gang. I'm like, ah, oh, something fishy's going on here. <laughs> and uh it was the it was those meddling kids at orange theory so <laughs> well they need to have uh, an old men setting <laughs> yeah well that's dude like it's funny talking about like getting your heart rate up that high uh like i can get there on the rower working hard on the rower i can get there on the tread um but uh man nothing pegs my heart rate like burpees i, I talked about it last week with grant yeah. i don't know what it is uh man bur- i'm like burpees just redline me like instantly which just you know these days just makes me want to do them more um like there were some some burpees built into today's workout and then at the end of the so you kind of make your way around the the room around the stations in orange theory and, and do different length blocks so but one of those is is the weight floor right and so we were doing burpees down there today and then there were several other uh movements and so, you know, there's typically a finisher at the end of the workout where it's like, okay, you're going to do this thing for one minute, for 30 seconds or whatever. Um, and uh, so it was kind of a, you know, choose your own adventure for the finisher today. It's like, hey, we've done these, these four movements, not counting the burpees. So choose one of those and you're going to do that as your finisher. And I'm like, nope, I didn't hate any of those <laughs> as much as the burpees. So we're going to do burpees for 30 seconds. But which is, but that's like a, a a legit thing, right? Like when you go to the gym, when you're practicing a sport, um, we'll probably talk some archery today. When you're trying to get better at anything, like our draw is, we want to do that thing we're good at, mm-hmm. right? Because that makes you feel good. You got you got a great bench and a crappy deadlift, man. You want a bench, right? Yep. Um, and but but the the path to improvement is in doing, not never doing that thing you're good at, that thing you like, um, but you should be drawn to that thing you hate. I take it personally. Like, I've never been a runner. I hate running. And I punish myself on the treads in Orange Theory because I'm like, I take it personal. I'm like, no, running's not not going to beat me. I'm not going to become like, I'm going to go out on the road and run. I don't want that wear and tear on my knees, on my back, on whatever. And obviously the tread's a different deal. It's absorbing more of the shock, you, you know. Mm-hmm. But to to get to where, you know, I, I'm doing those workouts as a runner, not a not a jogger or a power walker, and can do that reliably and put up some numbers I can be proud of. Uh yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh and so uh, you know, I like a good long, hard tread block. Um 
And uh, so I did some some extra burpees today because I freaking hate them. Yeah, I have. I have and a, Lord uh, knows if I ever. I have a. Uh, it's a but, Bowflex tread climber, or not tread climber. It's the. Um, oh, what the heck is it? It's like a. It's like an elliptical climber or whatever. So it's like the elliptical movement, but it's climber as well. I can't think of the name of it now, uh, but it's a Bowflex, and and that's kind of it's it's low impact on your joints or whatever. But that's another one of those that just man, it it really, man, it gets you it gets you quick. It's it's amazing how fast it yeah. fatigues you, how much it wears you out. Uh, but also, it's it's amazing how fast you realize how much how beneficial it is for your for your for your breathing, for your heart, for your heart rate, for uh, just your blood flow and everything that ends up going in between. Such a such a staggering. Yeah, that's difference. why I'm such a fan. Yeah, well, that's why I'm such a fan of of the rucking and and Michael Easter in particular has done a great job recently of illustrating this in in his social media um, and touching on it in uh, his book The Comfort Crisis is like rucking's just like so beneficial in so many ways above and beyond what jogging or running can do for you, but without those impact injuries. Uh, and uh, you know, I've even seen him break down. And of course, Go Ruck's done this forever, and and he's such a big fan of theirs and and. Uh, um, uh, you know, but getting into like literally the amount of force driving like through your heel, through your knees, up into your hips in like a rucking strike versus running. Uh, it's just awesome. And so you can and the and the beauty is like you can rucking can be so social, like you can get together with friends and ruck and you might have 45 pounds in your ruck and they might have 10 because that's where they're at. And you can go on a ruck and you can be together and you can enjoy yourself and still be getting like thoroughly personalized uh, work and stressors on your body. You know, you can add in all kinds of ruck and sandbag and, and sand kettlebell work for some extra good loving. But like just rucking at its core, just putting some weight on your back and going for a walk is just so beneficial. And they've shown data where it's uh, as beneficial, if not more so than jogging, uh, but without all of that impact and injury that comes along. Right. With the jogging. And, I, you know, I've said this on the podcast before. I said this to Emily McCarthy from Go Ruck, who loves to run. Running sucks. Uh, I've never seen anybody running with a smile on their face in my life. Um, you know, like running for the, crazy. like, I'm going to go out for a run. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to put in some miles and run. I don't I'm smiling. Emily tried to sell me on the runner's high. I don't believe in it. I don't think that's real. <laughs> so there's some other I'm probably never going to find out (laughs) yeah yeah and and for real Uh, like I know man like it it is amazing um what age does to you and and I hate to think that I'm I'm becoming an old guy you know what I mean Uh, like 43 like I still feel like I'm 20 something you know what I mean like my body says my body says I'm not that young. I feel mentally, emotionally, even my strength and stuff like this is, this is seriously some of the, like the, the, I would say genuinely probably the best shape I've been in myself in all of my adult life. Because when I was early twenties or whatever, my metabolism would just take care of the 90 chicken nuggets that I was eating. And like just got four pieces, four large pizzas and like just stupid eating. And my body metabolism was able to take care of all that stuff. But now because of the way that I'm eating, the way that I'm taking care of myself and the nutrients that I'm taking, vitamins and whatever else, like I, I guarantee I'm in a much better shape than I've ever been. This is the lowest weight that I've been uh, the last time I did. Mike, Mike Williams, you've had him on a few times here on, on, on Solid 7. And him and I at one point, which you were talking about, uh, my fitness pal, him and I did my fitness pal and we did calorie counting. And man, we were like, we were on point. 
got down to about the same weight that I am right now. I'm lower than that weight was, and I was hardcore counting calories. But because I've just changed my diet to eat more appropriate different times, drinking more water and doing a little bit of calisthenics and stuff, I'm I'm down at that, and I'm, I'm just healthier for it. But, yeah. man, the wear and tear on your body is real, and you don't realize it until those moments. And, and what even jacked me up, Something st- like I, we had we had a snowstorm come in and I was shoveling snow as is the only thing I can really think that it was and it was a heavy snow heavy wet snow which is not normal for our area. Um, there's different for those of you in Florida. Uh, there's definitely different types of snow when you're when you don't know that or you don't experience that or whatever. There's like a very very heavy wet snow and then most of the time what we get where we're at we get lake effect snow which is very light and fluffy like you can have six inches of snow on the ground and it barely weighs anything and it flies like cotton you know uh but with a heavy wet snow it's like packed concrete that you're shoveling and it's got water mixed in it and it's got ice and all this stuff and i was shoveling that i think and i ended up pulling a muscle around my hip and (laughs) you see all the commercials for it so i hate to even admit to it or whatever but ended up that that muscle uh the sciatic nerve goes right through it and, and was like pinching my sciatic nerve to the point where literally my entire left leg from from my hip down to my ankle, every muscle was just cramped and would refuse to release. And so, like, I ended up even going to the ER uh, to get, like, meds and to make sure that I didn't break my hip or, like, just some crazy thing, you know what I mean? And, and again, it's because yeah. of just doing the normal everyday things. But because of just the wear and tear on your body and the age and stuff, as stuff starts breaking down, uh, man, it just it's easier for those things to happen, and it takes so much longer for it to recover than that couple day turnaround, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's where strength training plays such an important role and just falls to the wayside for the vast majority of the populace. Even people who would say they work out and they're fit, likely they're not doing much strength training and it would, it would probably be the most beneficial thing for them in the, in the overlapping benefits in when you're strength training, it, you're not only retra- retaining as much muscle mass and strength as you can, which directly correlates not just to lifespan but to health span. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if it will impact and improve balance, you want to improve your, you want to like increase your odds of living as long as you can in as healthy a way as you can. Avoid falling down and cracking a hip. Like the the increase in mortality rates post post hip break. Um, are are staggering, uh, and maintaining balance and strength is is what helps prevent that. It increases the strength of connective tissue. It increases bone mm-hmm. density. Again, going back to that, let's not crack a hip. Um, just all these additional benefits. Even strength training, if you're working out sufficiently, if, if with with maximum effort, safely, with the uh, with good form, sufficiently hard, the uh, the benefit to the heart, the cardiovascular benefit and stress is on par with what we would typically call um, cardio or aerobic work. So you still gain aerobic benefit uh, from that work. If you're working out hard enough, if you're doing 10 moderately difficult reps and three sets of that and you're never hitting muscle failure, um, that's that's not as true. Uh, but you know, if you're somebody where you're like, Oh, I like to spend some time on the elliptical. I like to spend some time on the, on the tread, or I I like a Zumba course. Great. Um, if the only way to work in some strength training is to drop one of those things, you should absolutely do it because in the long term, it will be of the greatest benefit to you. Um, 
in in all sorts of categories. Yeah, especially for guys, uh, especially for guys. Um, it benefits women as well, but especially for guys, it's it's necessary for guys for that longevity and for that strength to have that to keep to keep going like you need to. Well, and to that extent, though, I mean, you look at, I, I would argue possibly even more so for women in this sense, um, that you look at what, what menopause does um, to mineral retention and to bone density in particular. Yeah. Yeah. And for that reason, all the more important to be doing strength training, to be communicating to your body, this musculature or the, the skeletal system needs to be robust in order to support the musculature that I've created. So building up that strength to the greatest extent that your genetics will allow. We're not, you can do everything, uh, you know, this is going back. I don't know who, like, you could do everything Chris Hemsworth does. You could do all his workouts. You can eat the same food as him. You're not going to look just like him if you're not genetically predisposed to it. But you can get as strong as your genetics will allow you to do. And it's highly beneficial to do so and to take the time to do that. Um, and it, again, it's just of, of all the things, you know, everybody's looking for um, the pill, the hack, the, the gimmick. Um, you want to be as healthy and as you can be, like be, be, be capable, um, right? Um uh, for as long as you can be. It's not just how long can I live, but how long can I live with a, an enjoyable quality of life? Um, it's hard to get more bang for your buck than with strength training. Well, you had mentioned something earlier uh, when you were talking about just the nutrients and stuff as itself. Um, and and there's there's a big aspect of the, the earlier you start this, the better and, and, and longer your life will go, uh, the more joy that you'll have and the less issues you'll legitimately have um, because a lot of our lives, there's there's a lot of people because of the obesity issues that are in the U.S. A lot of people think and, and equate, well, if I lose weight, I'm I'm healthier, and to an extent, yes. But you can be really skinny, and if you're not getting the right nutrients that you need, then your body is literally decomposing from the inside out. And, and it's all about balancing those aspects together and making sure you have the right amounts of calcium and the right amounts, right amounts of nutrients that are coming into your body to keep sustaining and building muscle, building that strength, building all of those things. And if you can start that at a younger age, man, holy cow. And I know there are a lot of, a lot of good friends that we have that listen to this podcast that are younger. And, uh, and I know, which I hate even saying that cause it makes me feel so stinking old at this oh, point. We're so but, old, dude. I hate it. I really do. But for real though, had, had I really, had I recognized this even just 10 years ago, 30 years old, had I recognized this man and changed it then uh, how, how different my life and my health would be even today, just from recognizing those things of, of getting rid of processed foods and getting rid of saturated fats and and polyunsaturated fats and just getting rid of garbage that you don't need and, and making sure you're getting the right nutrients that you do so you can have a healthy life and live that healthy life. So you're not getting diabetes. You're not getting cancers. Literally, if you're if you're taking care of yourself in, in, in the ways that you eat and the right nutrients, so many of those things don't even take place or happen. And, and you end up being so much happier in life and you're able to enjoy it so much more because you're not driving around in a hover round, you know? That's just, that's just, 
Yeah. Well, and I'll say, you know, uh, some extra old, and that's good. 100, I 100% agree. Um, some extra old man wisdom to tack onto that is one, um, don't, don't let that you didn't start younger discourage you, right? Like the best time to plant a tree was 30 years ago. The next best time is today. Now, yeah. right? So you can't go back and plant it, right? But you, you can plant it now. Uh, and not be wishing 30 years down the road that you had done it now. Um, I, I, I will say this, um, like I said, and Jason's known me for for all of these, right? When I was in high school, I raced BMX competitively for for quite a while. I, I played uh, baseball growing up. I played Little League growing up, growing up and then got into to BMX um, and proper proper BMX. So uh, too many things get called BMX these days. Flatland gets called BMX. Freestyle gets called BMX. So proper BMX racing on, you know, clay tracks with jumps and, and berms for turns and, and stuff like that, pedal bike. Um, and race pretty competitively. I, I raced, uh, you know, mostly on, on the East Coast and east of the Mississippi, but uh, I, I raced, you know, nationals. I raced nationwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at one point was ranked sixth in the state, 13th in, in the country, which sounds kind of cool. Just means I was the, the fifth loser and the, and the 12th loser. <laughs> Uh, in, in the country, but, you know, to give you an idea of, of what level of competition I was at doing this, uh, and then was on swim team for, for most of my life with some gaps in there. But, uh, I started swim team at an age where they didn't have an age category for me. I was on swim team at, at four years old, uh, in wow. Illinois. Um, and, uh, so have, have been an avid swimmer for most of my life and then swam competitively in high school. I was never a year round swimmer, which is the only way you're really going to be truly competitive, uh, and swimming at any level, but uh, swam in high school. And man, it was one of those things where I think I've talked about it on here before, um, like uh, an engineer overhearing how many calories a day. And Tim Ferriss talks about this in the in the book, um, The Four Hour Body, which absolutely worth your time to read if you haven't ever. Uh, but an engineer had TV on in the background and overheard uh, Michael Phelps talking about how many calories he consumed a day. And he started to do the math and realized that his workouts, his swimming alone, couldn't account for the caloric intake. He should have been ballooning and wasn't. And realized that a part of what played into it was the thermogenic effect from the water and being in the cool water. Mm-hmm. And, and there's aspects like that. So there's some weight loss hack there to, to some cold exposure is what that boiled down to. Um, but all that to say, I wasn't, you know, two a days in the pool and I was racing the bikes. So I was at practices. I was out riding all the time. And yeah, I mean... I ate in high school. If I was on campus eating lunch, I ate the same thing pretty much every day, which was two slices of pepperoni pizza, French fries that I dipped in mayonnaise, and a chocolate milk. And yes, while we're being old men, it cost me a dollar ninety-five, and it was fantastic. I loved it, and I I was strong and thin. I mean, I had I had big old quads. I I still do. Um, I've never, the quads have never gone away. Um, you know, you can imagine between being a swimmer and a BMXer, uh, you build up some, some leg strength. Uh, and I was around about, you know, I'm 5'11, I was around about 175 pounds, no matter what I did, uh, then. And so, uh, you know, Jason's been around for some big weight loss drops in my life. And the, the first time I did it was before I got married, um, which is often a good motivator, uh, you know. Single and, and fat with this hairline, just not a great combination. Uh, if you're if you're looking for love, um, as uh, as Buckwheat would say, your wife is a saint, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I was, you know, 
I'll out myself all the way around here, you know, saying I was, when I was like pretty, pretty trim and fit, I wasn't like built. You weren't going to be like, Oh, look at him. I, I didn't ever really have a six pack. Some of the year round uh, swimmers did. I didn't, but I was, I was pretty trim and fit. Um, at the point that I'm first like, yeah, I got to do something to lose some weight. I was like 260, 265. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I, uh, Dr. Ryan Banting, uh, oldest friend, like convince me let's do a triathlon i'm like all right let's, i can't remember if i was doing anything before that I'm like, yeah whatever dude he was always a runner i was always a swimmer i'm like i'll do it and uh you know i'm like i'll figure out the bike um uh, you know as a bmx i'd always look down on road cyclists uh you know uh but uh so I'm like yeah i'll give it a go but so i just i dialed in the nutrition on my own best i could I, very similar i did the same smoothie recipe that i got out of a men's health every morning for breakfast uh, you know, I ate like a, a turkey sandwich with some hummus on it for lunch. And I do like a, a lean meat and some veggies for dinner. And I do that. I went to Target and bought a road bike. Let me tell you, if you want to get into road cycling, don't go buy the bike at Target. That thing weighed <laughs> 1,500 pounds. It was the heaviest bike I've ever owned in my life. Um, but I started cranking that out. And I got really into the the road cycling. Knocked out the triathlon. It wasn't really my bag. Again, running. Um Enjoyed the swimming and the biking. We got really into road cycling. I mean, I got to wear, uh, you'll remember this, Jason. I got to wear, and I upgraded the bike, but I got to wear, I was putting in hundreds of miles a week. Yeah. I yeah. mean, my daily ride, my daily ride would be 25 or 30. And then on, like on Saturday mornings, I'd like ride my bike to, <clears throat> to a local group ride that was 40 miles and then ride home just to get the extra miles. I mean, I'd regularly put in 75 miles on a Saturday. Um, I and think so, I still have, you know, I, I, I have one of the pictures when we were, when we were on the goldenrod campus or whatever, you were suiting up, you had your bike out there, you had your whole outfit on or whatever. Cause you were part of a team, I believe even at that point or whatever. And, and I snapped a picture of you as you were getting ready. I, I think I still have a picture of that. Somewhere. I had totally, be, yeah, I had totally become, uh, what the, the men in blazers who are our soccer commentators. So I'm, I'm big fans of a couple of, uh, Brit expats, um, they refer to when you see somebody like at a soccer game or a soccer event and they're wearing like the complete kit of a team, but they're not a professional soccer player. And for, forgive me if this word is more offensive than I understand as an American, uh, but they refer to them as a full kit wanker. Uh, and as a cyclist, I, I had become a, a full kit wanker. <laughs> it was the, uh, the stretchy short, it was the stretchy shorts and the, you know, the, the spandex or the Lycra or whatever the, the, the cycling outfits are. I don't, I don't remember at this point. And I was out riding those and I had my clip in pedals and, and I'd go, um, and uh, put it on and I, I got all the way down. I mean, I dropped 70 plus pounds. I was down around 190. I was like within striking distance of high school weight. Um, what's, what's the point? Not a feather in my cap, right? I wasn't doing anything magical or special. I dialed in the nutrition. I locked it in. I made sure I was burning more calories than I was consuming, doing that with, at the time, what I believed to be healthy foods. Uh, could have been healthier, uh, but it worked. And dropping the weight certainly was, was good for me. You want to do it in healthy ways, uh, right? You know, binging and purging, not really the path to health. No. Um, but you, you want to do it in healthy ways. But the point is, Obviously, I didn't keep that weight off, right? I put on some marriage weight. Then there was some kid weight. Then we lost weight together, and I got down pretty low again, but not quite as low. Then there was another kid, and there's more kid weight, and there's, you know, all excuses, right? And, uh, you know, everybody knows how much we love Jocko here. 
all the excuses were lies. There was absolutely no reason that I had to regain any of that weight. What's the point, Kim? The point is this. Here's some old man wisdom for you. Not only is it significantly orders of magnitude more difficult to take the weight off than to maintain a lower weight, but every time you put it back on, you increase the multiplier. Every mm-hmm. time it's a little harder to take it off. Every time it's a little slower to take it off. And that's, there is some, some, at its root, there is some basic math, calories in, calories out. There's more at play than that. The quality of the calories matter. You can game the system a little bit in, in, in very, very minor ways. Um, but there, there is biology at play. Um, there is metabolism at play. And just every time it's that little bit harder. And every time I'm thinking, why? Why am I having to do this again? And it was it was convenient excuses. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I traded my, uh, you know, uh, not trying to sound risque at all. I, I traded my health for mouth pleasure. Pizza, good. Milkshakes, real good. Well, uh, I mean, even, even the business that we were in at that point, I mean, while we were, while we were in our late 20s and early 30s working in a youth department, uh, that's that's what 15 and 16-year-olds are eating is pizza, and that's what you get for parties and outreaches and all that kind of stuff, and you're eating what they're eating because you're working the event. And, oh, uh, so it, it, so it wasn't much, conducive so to that either. Pizza. You know? Oh, my so God. Much, so just, very uh, much free pizza. We just, we just did our first real big uh, outreach like that at a school. Uh, what day is Friday now? So it was actually on Wednesday, and, man, it was – it's been a long time since we experienced, we had to get a hundred pizzas. And uh, so just seeing the back of angels, Acadia just stacked with a hundred boxes of pizza or 104 boxes of pizza and stuff. It was like, Oh my gosh, man. It was like back in the day. But here's something, you know, it's been cool throughout the, the discipline equals freedom reset, you know, Jocko will post some stuff. Jocko fuel will post some stuff, like some tips, some tricks. How are you dealing with this? You know, there's little encouraging things, um, educational pieces, uh, and and one thing that I just wish I had thought of myself much earlier in life, this isn't an epiphany. It should have been there. I'm an intelligent human being, not so much with the humility, but intelligence I got on lock. And, um, you know, just that concept of good, like I'm sure I've talked about it on here before. Listeners, if you've never gone on YouTube and watched the good, just search Jocko good. And, 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 and listen to his spiel, listen to him tell the story. Uh, behind him saying good uh, about seemingly negative or difficult circumstances. And, you know, in the discipline equals freedom reset, the way that plays out in the, oh, I'm at a party or I'm at this lunch or in this instance, it would have been I'm at this youth event and there's no food that's on plan for me. Good. I get to fast and that will have its own benefits. And when I get back to the food that is fuel for me, when I get back to the food that will make me feel good, I will be that much better. Good. It's not, oh, God, I can't eat any of this stuff. No. Good. I get to fast. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, you you know, again, Jocko goes saying it and saying it in defense, or not defense, but um, discipline equals freedom. 
And and that's the reality. Like you were you were talking about fasts last week and the last couple of weeks even and just different fasts that that you're doing back down there and and all that kind of stuff with with the church that you're still part of. And um, for us this year, like up here, same thing. We we kind of do the same thing around the same time, beginning of the year. And I know you're not a big fan of like New Year's resolutions. And um, I I I like I like New Year's resolutions for the sake of and it's even kind of like our series that we're in is it's kind of a new year clean slate type vibe right not that you don't still change things throughout the year and you should you shouldn't have to just wait until the first of the year to change things make changes you know like when i started doing my the calisthenics workouts and stuff that was back in september october like you you do those things in that day like don't wait don't put it off just make it start happening today kind of like what we were even just saying a moment ago to those listening yeah you maybe you should have started it earlier start today Start today because it's better for you. Uh, but our our fast this year is really n- natured around what are you digesting, and it's not even just it's not even just the food that you're digesting. It's the garbage that you just put in your body, whether it be what you're eating or drinking, but also what you put in your mind. Um, because you don't realize it, man. Just the the things that you watch, the things you listen to, how it really does. Even though I remember being that 18, 19 year old saying, "Oh yeah, I just like the music because of the beat." the lyrics and stuff that you're hearing, those things really do affect you. Music especially has, has an effect on our mind and it's amazing. The things that you digest mentally, emotionally, uh, whether it be for food and nutritionally, uh, all of those things, the things that you're bringing into yourself and how they affect, they always do, whether you realize it or not, there's always an effect. And that's what our, our kind of our fast, this 21 days that we're going through this is really about as being more cautious about what you are taking into yourself and and the big thing is, and we'll talk about that by the time that this goes live and stuff, it'll be right about the end of it. Uh, but it, it's it's very much so of a let this be a life change. Don't let this be a 21-day thing. Let this be a life change where you're looking. Look at yourself. You feel better. You you have more joy. You have more happiness. You you aren't as angry because you're not watching the news as much and listening to the, all these horrible things. You're not putting all this garbage into you that's being fed to you at this point in one way, form, or fashion. And because of that, you're better off stay better off. Don't go back. Yeah. You know, and it's well, that discipline, that discipline really does equal freedom. You have more yeah. joy, more happiness, more ability to do things, time, spend time with your family, play games. With your, there's so much more time that you have than what you did because you were thumbing through Facebook for four hours doing nothing, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I'll say to, to maybe simplify that even a little further um, for even, you know, some of your congregation who I, I'm sure uh, tune in, when you're on the podcast, which is what I what I really hear you saying, Jason, is people turn turn off the radio, turn off the TV, and turn on the Solid Seven podcast. Absolutely, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's that's I actually the that's, I, there is there is a there's there's a lady in our church, uh, awesome lady. I'm not going to say her name, uh, but uh, I wasn't authorized to do so. But anyways, uh, she actually she messaged me and and she specifically said, hey. Can I listen to the Solid Seven podcast while I'm on that's, the fast? And I, yeah, I told her, I said, you know what? I said that's between you and Jesus. That's above my yeah. pay grade. <laughs> no, I, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now for for any Christians and otherwise listening, whatever fasting you're doing, food, media, or otherwise, I'm gonna tell you right now, the Solid Seven podcast is fast approved. Just wanna just putting that out there. So Jesus, you've got to if you got a yeah, if you're somewhere and you've got a pastor giving you a hard time about it, you play this segment for them. And uh, just let them know uh, that, that it's that it's fast approved. Well, so uh, speaking of fat old men, such as we have been, um, 
Now, I want to be real careful here. Uh, you know, I don't want to rejoice in the suffering of others. Um, and so I'm going to try and stay real deadpan here as um, I say that Alec Baldwin is being charged with two counts of manslaughter. Yeah, not only not only him, shooting on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it, the I from what I understand the 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 prop it's the it's him and the armorer I think it's the prop yeah, manager armor. cut a plea deal uh, f- for uh, for something but yeah both him and the armorer and I'm okay with both of those as a as a firearms instructor and as a firearms mm-hmm. enthusiast I'm 100% a okay with with all of those charges. Man, what a what a tragic turn of events. Uh, on, on so many levels, like it should have, there's just, it sh- there should have been no way for this to feasibly happen. But even beyond that, just the, the reactions and the comments that, that were coming out of the people that were involved, not even the people, because it really rested on his shoulders was the one that was just throwing people under the bus and blaming everybody else. And, um, blaming the gun FBI investigating into it. And they're like, no, yeah. there's no way it accidentally discharged on its own. Like it doesn't happen that way. Uh, pointing it at people. No. Like there's just so many levels from it, but to, to just play so coy uh, with, with what had transpired, um, man, even just that is heartbreaking uh, in this situation. Well, but and he, he literally said, and, well, yeah, but you know, and he wasn't just an actor in this movie; he was a producer. So, to you know, to that extent, held some level of responsibility for anything and everything that went on on those sets. Um, but you know, like you, you actually went through one of my basic pistol courses, mm-hmm. um, and so you understand that you know, best practice is your your drilling. Like firearm safety is not difficult. It's depending on who you're learning from. It's three, maybe four rules. You treat every firearm like it's loaded until you, you have confirmed that it's not. You keep Mm -hmm. your finger off the trigger uh, until you intend to shoot. And you always make sure that you know what your target is and what's beyond your target. Mm -hmm. And you don't point a firearm at anything that you're not willing and intending to destroy. Um, and, and, and that's really, I mean, you go to a basic pistol course and they're going to drill that into you. And if they're not drilling you that, that into you, try and get your money back and go find a better instructor. Um, but I just don't understand having, you would think the armorers at least, I, I get that most of Hollywood at least isn't openly, uh, gun friendly. Um, uh, but you would expect at least the armorer to have that level of knowledge, but having never been on a movie set, but knowing firearms myself, there were just so many things I didn't understand. I right. don't understand why they have fully functional firearms. And what I mean is this. It would seem to me that you could do some gunsmithing in such a way that you couldn't load a live round, that you could only load a blank. Blanks are just um, the cartridge and the gunpowder mm-hmm. But no bullet, no projectile. So they're clear. shorter since very you don't have clear. a yeah, yeah. Since you don't have a projectile sticking out, blank rounds are shorter. So it would seem to me that you could do some gunsmithing where the chamber would not accept a full round. That you couldn't chamber an actual loaded round. So I don't understand why that's not the case. One hundred percent. 
Jason will confirm this from having been through firearms courses with me, like to have an incident like this, like to have a firearms quote unquote accident, really a negligent incident. You need three things. It's like a fire, right? You need a firearm, obviously. You need Mm -hmm. someone to pull the trigger because it's not like the movies. They don't just go off and you need ammunition. Well, just like a fire, if you remove any one of those three things, you can't have an accident or a negligent incident. So like when you're in the classroom portion of a firearms course, again, if you have a good and responsible instructor, they will ban all live ammunition from that room. Can't be in the room because if there's no live ammunition there, you can't have an incident like that. I don't understand for the life of me why there was live ammunition on this set anywhere near any of these firearms, but that, that live ammunition was present, that live ammunition was loaded into the gun and that no one from the armorer to whoever handed Alec Baldwin to the, this gun to Alec Baldwin himself, that no one, I believe this was just a rehearsal. No one confirmed that the firearm was unloaded or if it needed to be loaded, no one confirmed what it was loaded with, that it was loaded with blanks. And that's why 100% from, from somebody on, on the firearm side of things, um, regardless of who else bears some culpability as the individual holding the firearm and pulling the trigger, that liability and responsibility lies with him. And to say, I trusted the person giving it to me is just unacceptable. Well, even uh, maybe you know, I'm not being fair. Maybe that's maybe that, in your firearm safety stuff, what's that? You don't ever, even in your firearm safety, that's one of the biggest things that's talked. You know, up here, I told, I mentioned it before, whatever, uh, being a DNR um, hunter safety instructor up here, uh, like those, those are things that are ingrained into you. You don't ever hand someone a loaded firearm. You don't just walk around lazily holding a loaded firearm. It, when you're handing it to someone, you have it. Uh, whether you have the safety engaged, you have the, the magazine removed, whatever. But when you're handing it to someone, you're not handing them a loaded firearm that's ready to fire for that very reason that there could be an accidental discharge by someone touching it, grabbing it the wrong way. They they trip or whatever when they or slip when they're taking the firearm from here. That's the reason you don't just like just like you have to be careful with with a, a knife or anything along those lines. You have to be careful. You're not walking around. You're going to stab somebody or or whatever. Those things are all reality, and they're all ingrained in you. They're all taught. And the fact that on so many levels these things did not take place or transpose uh, through the situation to make sure that things were were done the right way is just it, it boggles the mind. It really does. It boggles the mind. Yeah. I, I mean, for that matter, you know, I doubt he was the only producer on the film because that's the way it goes. Um all the producers, everybody in charge running that film set should should bear some culpability, should be charged with something or held responsible to some level for even allowing live ammunition on that set anywhere near those guns. Even in a classroom setting, as an instructor, where I have prohibited live ammunition, and again, Jason lived through this as a student of mine coming through a class. He'll attest to this. Every time a student in the class touched a firearm, they had to verify that it was unloaded Mm -hmm. and had to have that verified by a second person. There was as close to zero potential as there possibly could be for any firearm in my classroom to be loaded. 
And it doesn't matter because you do it the same way all the time. I think all the, the thing time, every time. Me, yeah, I think the thing that bothers me the most out of this whole story, though, is is it still came down to the fact that he had his 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 hand, his finger on the trigger, and it was pointed at another individual, which obviously in movies and in a movie setting, there may be need for that if you're filming a scene. This is not the case in this situation. The scene was not rolling. It was not a fellow actor. It, you know, this was, it should not have happened. These are things that should not have taken place for so many levels, so many reasons that just, again, it just boggles well, the mind. But even at that, I don't think, even if they were actually filming, I don't think it's required, Jason. I, I'm pretty sure I heard, I want to say it's Zach Braff I heard talking about it, say that it's pretty common practice for a, a shot like this to set the camera, be rolling, and not have anyone behind the camera mm -hmm. for for reasons just yeah. like this. Well, there's um, there the was no need for a person yeah. to be manning that camera. Right, there was the guy from The Crow in that that scene, which that was a it was not a live uh, live round. It was it was a blank, and and just the way that the blank was packed or whatever, and and how how the how how it all transpired and stuff like that was a a, a kind of a freak accident in these moments, but. I think that was that movie was one of the big reasons why they've changed the way that they film those scenes and stuff to protect the actors that are there. Uh, but yeah, there's just no need for it. It's all camera angles. Yeah. No need for it. I did, uh, you know, part of the quote unquote fallout or response to this uh, was like uh, The Rock vowed to never have real firearms on his sets ever again, which I think is fitting because, you know, now his firearms and his movies will be absolutely as real as his testosterone levels. So. <laughs> oh God. And just like that, the rocks never coming on the solid seven podcast. Actually, he he would love, I would right. love for him to come on. Cause he, I, I, I would love to meet him. I even just hearing I think how we'd he have a good time. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd even let him bring a Zoa. I wouldn't drink it, but I'd let him bring a Zoa. It'd be fine. We'd work <laughs> it out. So there you go. Uh, Mr. The Rock, Mr. Johnson, open open invitation here in the South Seven Podcast. So, well, because I'm just nailing the uh, the segues tonight. Speaking of of shots fired, and, and you know, I don't know if this will be too niche for some of the uh, the the listening audience, but hey, it's what we do around here. Um, <laughs> holy like like fallout between David Crowder and the Daily Wire. Have you seen I, or heard any of this? I have not. I, I saw you mention something about that. I have no clue what, what's going on. What what happened exactly? Okay, so so for Jason and for the listeners, if you're if you're not familiar with David Crowder, he's uh, uh, a conservative uh, comedian, you know, show host, commentator, uh, whatever. So he's been a, a news contributor for a long time. He really does more along the lines of uh, not like a late night show, but more maybe in the lines of like a, a Greg Gutfeld, where he's definitely a, a commentator and, and not a not a news anchor. It's you know not a, he's not a straight news guy. Uh, he's had his own show for forever. I, I can't remember what the situation was before he got picked up by the network that used to be CRTV. CRTV and, and the Blaze, uh, Glenn Beck's media company merged. Then he was on the Blaze um, up until here here recently. And, you know, he hosts the show, you know, I don't know how many how many times a day. This is the guy that does the 
um, the change my mind videos. Um, you know, so if you've seen any of those, if you haven't, they're a good watch. I recommend going to watch them. Um, you know, you Hill State, Crowder. you, you know, Steven Crowder. <laughs> yes. Crowder? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, David like, Crowder. What in the world did he do with? He's a worship singer. David, <laughs> He's a David Crowder is an, is an excellent Christian music artist. Steven Crowder. Um, <laughs> Holy solid seven podcast all over the place right there. So <laughs> Steven Crowder, of we course, that. who we were it, you know? who we're, who we're talking about here. And um, so, you know, I, I like Steven. I don't I don't listen to or watch him, you know, consistently or religiously. I've I've enjoyed his con- some of his content. I've really enjoyed some of it. I don't. It's not my brand of humor. Um, whatever. Fairly inflammatory guy um, likes to kind of go toe to toe. Uh, you know, with like YouTube and the and the social media companies and, and kind of be right on that edge and uh, mm-hmm. really go after them when he's been banned or shut down or anything like that. And, and kudos to him on, on some of those things uh, for sure. Um, but his his contracts up at the blaze and he was kind of looking at, at free agency. Now, he's had in addition to being available on these kind of smaller conservative networks, he's always he, for a long time now, he's had his own. Um, subscription program calls it the the mug club um i'm not gonna say it's uh you know not entirely where i got the idea of providing mugs to to patreon supporters Uh, but he calls it the mug club and you subscribe and you get a mug and and you get all of his content even the stuff that's not available to stream elsewhere whatever else he's he's got the mug club so he's he comes out and says, you know, no, no bad blood, no ill will, no whatever. But my, my time is up at the blaze and, and I'm moving on. He was kind of, you know, airing a little bit of dirty laundry. And like as soon as he announced this, he was talking about he launched a, a website. Can't remember the name of it or I would share it. Um, but was like, hey, if you're a Mug Club member, we have no way of knowing who you are. Um, and so if you want to stay a Mug Club member or become a Mug Club member, we need you to submit your email address here so that we can contact you. And what he's saying without saying, um, you know, was like basically when he was with CRTV or the blaze uh, and or the blaze, that list, that subscriber list was handled by them. And it seemed like what he was implying is like, this is wrong, but they're not providing me that data, Um, which my guess would be that it was actually probably just part of the agreement like the contract right, that right. he had, mm-hmm. uh, which if you're abiding by the contract, it's kind of hard to to complain that it's wrong. Now, you might be able to say, like, ethically, hey, these people obviously, like, there are other ways to subscribe to The Blaze. There were other ways to subscribe to CRT, but you could intentionally go through the Mug Club channel to get the mug. So right. there's, like, a, a, a an ethical argument there. Like, these people clearly came for me. Their intention was to join this way. Uh, whatever. So maybe a little jerky to say, no, that's our data, not yours. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. But contracts are contracts. Agreements are agreements. If that's what's there, uh, it's a little, it seemed a little whiny to be like, this is the only, I get, you got to do something. He's, he's got to, but that like those people, that's his audience. They're going to go with him, right? You're going to be able to figure it out. So, so that, that felt a little contentious. Right, but, but then he was just kind of being some kind of coy about what he was going to do or what was going on. So he comes out, he drops a video this week, and it's just like, I've really wrestled with this. I didn't want to do this. I hoped this wouldn't come to this, uh, but I just, everybody needs to know. And so he launches this new site, 
stop the stop stop big con dot com big con c o n like big conservative, and he's coming out saying big con is in bed with big tech, big conservative is is in bed with big tech, and he goes into he's got like this redacted contractor offer that he's going over, and showing that he's not naming the outlet, right, and he he hedges to some extent is like. You know, you guys might think you know who I'm talking about. None of this has anything to do with the blaze. This isn't coming from the blaze. So he he did that. Um, yeah. But he's like, you know, there's there's more players in this space than a lot of people maybe even realize. And there's been a lot of offers coming in. So don't assume kind of that you know who I'm talking about. Uh, but he starts to break down these components of this, this offer. And what he's really taking issue with is these clauses where it's like, if you if you are banned on YouTube say you're going to end up getting and he didn't talk about the terms of the contract money wise or anything like that at offer but like if you get removed from this social media platform then your fee will be decreased by x percentage and Mm -hmm. if this platform another percentage if this platform another percentage and what he's saying is this is this is big conservative whatever network agency whatever this is like enforcing big tech's rules for them. So he's like, so what you're saying is that the boy do the boycotts, the boycotts work because if you lose advertisers, uh, you know, if advertisers leave, then you'll take the pay away. You'll do the punishment for them. Or if, you know, YouTube cancels you or Instagram cancels you, you'll, right, you'll right. enforce that for them. Right. Um, and he's all worked up about it. And then, you know, there was a point where it's like, you know, if you if you lose more than 50 percent of your advertisers and the organization can't replace those advertisers within 90 days, that there would be a reduction in the fee. Hmm. Um, you know, so he's he's hitting on all these things and he's not going through the whole agreement, but he's picking out these things that he thinks is egregious, that he these things that right. are. Um, you know, an affront to conservatism and handicapping the movement and handica- those handicapping those, those businesses are the ones that are kind of squashing free speech at this point, you know, just yes, uh, surfaced and and especially like Stevens, a, a, a great, articulate, passionate speaker. Like, you're watching, and you're like, yeah, that sucks. Very next day, so. Listeners, if you aren't familiar with Daily Wire, Daily Wire is the the media company behind the What Is a Woman documentary, and Matt Walsh from the from that documentary, he has a show on their network podcast, whatever. He's one of their hosts. Um, I think Candace Owens, I, I believe, is on the Daily Wire. Uh, ben Shapiro is like co-founder, co-CEO, whatever. He's on there. Um, uh, few few other guys, um, Michael Knowles. Uh, but Jeremy Boring is is like head cheese. Like he's kind of who started it with uh, with Ben Shapiro. So all these pretty well-known big conservative voices, they're not all in lockstep. They don't all speak with one voice. They disagree with each other on things, but right. some big well-known names, and they've been putting out some big properties. Daily Wire is who came behind Disney when they fired Gina Carano from The Mandalorian mm-hmm. and said, we'll work with you. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll uncancel you. Um, so you've probably heard the Daily Wire name for some. They're, they're a, a big name in conservative media, media, if not the big name in conservative media at this point. So Jeremy Boring releases a uh, about an hour-long video and says, well, let's clear this up because a lot of people have assumed and are asking, yes, this was the Daily Wire. 
let's go through, A, this wasn't a contract. Um, this was an opening offer to get negotiations started. But let's go through the whole thing and why, since this is out there now. <laughs> and he breaks it down line by line, makes the whole thing available. They were offering Crowder $50 million over four years, keeping in mind that, like, the report for Crowder's big. He's, he's got a big following. He's, he's right, a big right. talent. Um, but he's no, like, Joe Rogan. And keeping right. in mind that Joe Rogan's deal with Spotify was reported to be, like, $100 million. So they're, they're offering him $50 million for four years with four weeks of vacation, and he only has to deliver, it was like 192 episodes. Basically, he only has to work four days a week of the 11 months he would be working uh, with an option to extend the contract for two years for additional money. I'm not going to break it all down because you can go watch uh, Jeremy right. Boring's uh, video, video on it, and he'll do a better job of it than than me. Now, that was like, all in Crowder, you know, likes to produce his own show. He likes to have a lot of creative control. So that was for everything. Like, okay, like this is the money you get to produce your show. However much you spend, however you do that, whatever's left is yours. So there was some additional agreements in there. Like they wanted him to participate in some of their monthly and quarterly things that they would pay to produce. Wouldn't come out of the 50 million. He's just participating. So they mm -hmm. do, you know, like, uh, a live thing and a behind the scenes thing and whatever. And then like one major piece a year, something like these documentaries they've been doing or something like that, where again, that would be on their dime. Um, so not out of the 50 million. Um, and, and he breaks it down and he's like, uh, listen, he's like, we deal with the same things from these big tech, tech companies as he's mad about. We don't like them. That's why we're building this thing, but we right. can't do it all without them yet. And these are major sources of income for content like Stevens. And they're like, and he knows this, uh, like he does content that's intentionally like this will be on YouTube and then we'll do the non YouTube stuff that you can watch on rumble or on mug club because we know it would get us booted. Um, he's like, so we deal with these same things. They shadow ban us. They put strikes against us. But the reality is we're taking a big gamble. 50 million was a starting number. We pretty much assumed we'd end up somewhere higher because he would negotiate even all these points in the contract. We understand you negotiate. He's like, some of this stuff wouldn't happen. Like if he comes in and says, well, I'm already banned on YouTube. Okay, we'll cross that one out because that's not even part of the starting point. He's like, this was to open up negotiations. This wasn't a full contract. <clears throat> and he's just like, you know, in addition to like the 50 million, we're going to spend additional money in, in all these other things and production and, and all this stuff. So 50 million is not even the total investment that they're talking about. It's them stating from their side that they understood that number would probably end up being higher. So they're taking a big gamble and they're like, we've, you've got to cover that nut. Like you can't just print money. You can't just crap money, right? right? right. You have to be able to drive to derive income from advertisers, from monetized content elsewhere, from merchandise sales, from all these things. And they're like, and so if a, if a major segment of that income goes away, um, they're like, basically what they're like, basically what Stephen is asking us for is for us to assume 100% of that risk 
100% of that penalty and him absorb none. Uh, you know, and he's talking about like on the advertiser thing, like that metric was if you lost half of your advertisers and if they couldn't be replaced in 90 days, if you lost them and they were replaced in 89 days, there's no penalty to the fee. And if you get them back after the 90 days, the full fee would be restored. Right. So all right. these things. So he's breaking it down from like, yeah, Stevenson is like, I, and, and so he did a rebuttal today. He's like, you know, you notice they went straight to talking about the money. This is the part where I think he really overstepped. He started playing clips from he recorded a call with Jeremy Boring without telling him. Aww. And these guys have been friends for a long time before all this. I'm like, bro, I don't, that's, yeah, yeah, I think you just jumped the shark. Up. I don't think that's the money message. Yeah. He's like, I don't think, and he's more. saying, well, and Crowder's thing is for me, it's not about the move. He's saying it's not about the money. He said, you know, I never talked about the money. They want to make it about the money. They want to make it about business. I'm about the movement. I'm about the country. I'm about conservatism. He's like, think about how deeply I must feel about this to be walking away from a $50 million offer. Um, and so I get like, I think I don't think he's being disingenuous. I, I don't I do think he he believes he's acting out of out of principle. Um, but I just th- I just think he's he's got it wrong, like for Daily Wire to maintain the reach that they had. It's not a nonprofit. The movement is great, but you're, you're you know, down. that's the bottom line. Yeah. A tree falling in the woods with nobody to hear it. It, it doesn't matter if it makes a noise or not. Right. That That's the joke of the question. So it's like they can tout the conservative message all they want, but they've got to have like they've got a big megaphone. And that's the point. And if they want to continue to grow that reach and continue to be able to build out tech, the technology to where they're not reliant on these big temp companies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is, yes, there's things like on locals out there now. Yes, there's things like Rumble out there, but they still don't rival YouTube. Not oh, yet. They're, they're, yeah, they they're still a tiny fraction. Yeah, they're a tiny fraction yeah. of those things. You add all yeah, of them they, together, and they're not as big as yeah. YouTube. And so it's like, yeah, we we have to be profitable. That 50 million, whatever it ends up being, 50 million, 60, 70, 80, whatever, that money has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if that if that money stops coming in, so it, it's almost like Stevens looking for. And so they're saying that by like reducing that fee, they're they're enforcing, you know, big tech's rules and censorship for them. And, and I got to say, man, I come down on Daily Wire side here. I don't think it's that at all. Um, you know, I think you could continue to do things like, hey, if you want to make the the principled stand isn't, hey, I'm going to say whatever I want, no matter if it gets me cooked up, kicked off social media or not. Well, that's really easy to say when the production company behind you has said, you're not going to feel any pain from that. We'll take the whole hit for you yeah. doing that. The money for his paychecks um, has to come from somewhere. And 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 that's just the reality well, of it. You know, if Walmart, Walmart's the size it is because it's selling product that people want. You take away all the product that people want, guess what? Business closes up because they're not getting any money. Yeah. Again, money makes the world go round. And 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 I I I agree with you on this. Like this is it's kind of so, uh, kind of wonky and ridiculous that he's trying yeah. to make it about not the money, but it's like, okay, then why not just say, you know what, I'm gonna do it for free. Don't worry about that. I just want to be on here. That way we don't have to worry about the penalties. Well, or because like to me, it doesn't matter. 
you know? To, well, and to me, the, the principled I don't care about the money play is – uh, you know what? Fair enough. And But I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do that even knowing it might cost me 25% mm-hmm. of my yeah. income, but I'm going to do it anyways, because it's that important for me to say this and say it this way and say it in this medium. Roger that dude, you're a freaking principled rock star right on. But to Which say is like not the case, yeah, that's obviously not the case with the way that he's handling it right now. Yeah, you know, it's, and, and to, it's, it's, to it's, act, it's, look, I'm I'm holier than thou is what it is. You know what I mean? It's this aspect of like, well, I'm so much better than that. This is ridiculous that they would be constituting things like this, and how unfair it is, and uh, because of this and that, and, and and whatever excuses you can get, it's 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 a dog and pony show. That's what it is. It's it's just to make yeah. someone else look bad so he can look good and. Uh, and, and it's it's all a farce. When it's like to to play this like um, this conservative like purist card, well, like capitalism and free market go hand in hand with that. Mm-hmm. And there's no industry where an employee gets to gets to bring less value to their employer than the employer's giving to them. And remain in that situation. Something's going to have to change. Right. P- period. It, it is. Like you can say, oh, it's to me it's about the movement. It's it's not business. Like if, ba- if Daily Wire can't keep the lights on and the server running, there's no movement, dude. Right. Yeah. It, it ceases to exist. And name something in the conservative movement in recent times that's had as much cultural awareness and impact as what is a woman name it i'll wait yeah it, it doesn't exist even just, even just daily wire itself honestly um, while i haven't watched a whole lot i'm not subscribed to it or anything like that but as far as just genuine conservative TV show or not TV shows, but movies or whatever, the stuff that they are putting out, the, the podcasts and stuff that they're putting out. Uh, I mean, they are, they're, I mean, as it seems they're, they're the biggest ticket pushing, pushing the, the conservative agenda forward at this point out of everyone else that's out there. They're the biggest ones that are doing it. They're the biggest name in it. And and I know that's their goal anyways. Um, yeah. And I mean, they're working on, they're working on kids content, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just, I, I just think it's it, it's a miss. Like if you if you like have this talk with them behind the scenes. Now he, he you know he's playing like forget, he's like forget about me. I'm going to be fine. I'm doing this so the up and comers behind me, the next me, aren't getting contracts like this and being hamstrung and handicapped and and whatever and feel like they can't speak truth because they'll they'll lose their pay. Well, it's like. Not every bit of content you produce needs to go onto YouTube. That's what Steven's already doing. And, you know, Jeremy Boring's making that point of like, there's no reason we couldn't do something like that. There's the content that's for YouTube. There's the content that's not going to be on YouTube. Steven's already, he's already censoring his content. He's already changing up his content the way he releases it because of YouTube monetization. You know, here's the, in this situation to begin with, um, I'm, I'm really, again, you know, 
I'm, I'm not a huge fan of social media, and I know it's a necessary evil. Like, we stream to social media on a weekly basis. We're, we're part of that. We have an online campus that uh, just keeps growing, and it's really freaking awesome uh, to see that stuff happen. So there's definitely a necessity to it. There's definitely good points to it. Uh, but overall, one of the things I hate the most about social media is this thought process that people stop talking to each other, and they start passively aggressively or passive aggressively uh, just complaining about people or, or whatever the case may be on, on video or on social media, instead of just talking to a person, instead of asking, Hey, what does this mean? Why did, why did you do this? Why do you say, man, this is wrong. Why are there's no conversation there. They're hopping on social media instead and blasting someone without saying their name. Uh, and man, I hate passive aggressivism. I it drives me nuts. Like just, if you're going to complain about to someone, complain about someone, go talk to that person and complain about them and say, look, this ticked me off. What's going on here? Let's, let's figure this junk out. Instead, it's completely yeah. devoid of that. And the culture as a whole, especially uh, here in, in our country, and it, it is UK, Canada, uh, all over the world at this point, uh, but especially here where there's just this passive aggressivism on, I'm not going to say anything to you, but man, I'm going to drop some big hints on social media who I'm talking about. And, and it's yeah. like, grow, grow up and go talk to the person you have a problem with. Grow up and figure out what's yeah. going on before you start complaining about it because you have no clue what you're even talking about. And I, I just, man, I hate that so much about the culture of today is this thought process that, man, I need to go on social media so I can air my dirty laundry. Keep your dirty laundry to yourself. Yeah. Well, and just that, that's the thing for me that, uh, you know, if it had just been left at those two videos or Stephen had come out and said, Hey, I, I wasn't going to necessarily name the daily wire. Obviously they chose to do that on their own. Um, and obviously they have a different take. That's, that's not the way I, I see it. Um, you know, you could kind of be like, Hey, whatever, not everybody in the movement agrees. It's a shame this went down this way, this publicly, um, whatever, but it is what it is playing the recording, the conversation and playing it, um, was just too much. I'll tell you, like when he released his, his first website might've been, I don't know what it was to try and rebuild the, the mug list mailing list. I put my name on there. Cause I'm like, if Crowder's going to go solo, if I've got it in the budget, I, I might join and, and just try and support that effort. Uh, you know, I'm somebody who sits here, you know, each week and, and throws out my buy me a Jocko Go and, and my Patreon and tries to provide, uh, you know, quality content and value for for those things. I, I get it on a much smaller level. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not a Mug Club subscriber now. Like, there's no way. No way. Yeah. It's it's one. So now I, I did, I, I do I do want to throw this out there. Um, ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, I'm available. The Solid Seven Podcast is available <laughs> at a at a greatly a, a greatly reduced rate from what was offered to Stephen Crowder and the Mug Club. Um, have your people call my people. Um, and let's make this happen. You, you will not uh, regret it. I know that Steven had qualms over, uh, you guys taking over control of like the, the show social media. I will gladly, I will gladly hand over control of all aspects of solid seven podcast related social media. I, I will kiss your hand and thank you 
for taking over the show's social media. I mean, you uh, absolutely deserve 15 million over five years. I mean, that just, that makes sense. It's, it's going to save them millions I, of dollars, you know, and, and, and have quality content. I'd even listen, I'm, I'm going to put this out there right now. And listen, if you're somebody, you know, Jeremy boring, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro, you know, somebody at the daily wire, I'm, I'm going to put this out there right now. Um, I'm not trying to negotiate out in the open, like, like Crowder may have been trying to do. I'd even go 5 million for four years. See, see fair. Listen, uh, listen to how humble you are, Kale. Like that just, it just makes sense. It's win, win, win. Yeah. Like you keep saying, you yeah. know, it's just, I, I want to, I want to own, I want to retain ownership of the name. Uh, I want to retain ownership of the content. If we ever part ways then I produce anything you produce is yours. And I think we can, I think we can make this deal happen in no time. So, uh, you know, my, my pen is ready. My, my phone is on, my email is open. Uh, Jeremy, Ben, uh, give me a, give me a ring. Let's make it happen. <laughs> hey, so I, I have a segue for you about things that annoy me as well. Uh, we were talking about cultural things that drive me nuts. Uh, have you seen this this story uh, that's kind of circulating right now uh, about the, the New Zealand Prime Minister? Have you heard uh, anything? Only, only vaguely. Like I, I don't know anything about her. I don't know very much about New Zealand other than they probably have the best accent on the planet, and that it's 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 the Shire. It is where it is where Frodo mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. from. I, so I these are the and they have kiwis, the the birds, not the fruit. Uh, so these are the things that I know about New Zealand. So I saw that their prime minister threw up the deuces. Um, yeah. Like I, it's something, again, it's one of those things that's in the culture that's driving me nuts. And uh, there's, there's an aspect to life when you sign up for something, um, fulfill it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. fulfill it. And, and it's something that's been progressively getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, we've seen it in sports where you had, uh, and again, I know there there are mental things that go on here. I know there's all kinds of there's all kinds of reasons why the people use uh, for their excuse or for their reasoning for what they do, uh, whether it be football or basketball or, or or the Olympics, where they just kind of peace out, you know, and they're just they, they dip out and they're like, you know, man, I was just, it was just too grueling for me. It was too difficult. I'm not able to do it. And it's like at some point, man, you signed up for it. Fulfill fulfill what you signed up for. You know, and yeah. and so uh, for those of you that don't know what this story is right now, so the New Zealand's prime minister, she just had a child, um, and this this child is taking more work than what she realizes. This is her first pregnancy. Uh, this is her first child that she's having, and uh, one of the quotes, literally one of the quotes that she said specific is, "I no longer have enough in the tank to do the job justice." I don't understand. You're the prime. You're the person in charge of a country. You were elected into this position. You ran for this position, and because you had, and I'm not. Again, I get it. Like, man, I have two kids of my own. I'm not the mom. I know there's postpartum depression sometimes. There's a lot of things that go into this. But my lord, you signed up for this. You got like eight months left in in this run in, in this uh, position that you have. Let it ride out devote yourself to it, finish it off and then peace out. But this thought process of I'm the, I'm the president, what would be the equivalent of the, I'm the president, but you know what? I'm just too tired. 
having a kid, having this stuff going on. Family life is just too much. It's time for me to peace out. Sorry, guys. I'm out of gas. Like, I, that, I, that just defies logic. Get the job done. You signed up for it. You knew what you signed up for. Make it happen, Captain. Like, just, just get it done. It drives me nuts that there are so many people that just kind of let it fall by the wayside because, well, you know, I'm just not in the mood anymore. Well, well, yeah, and, there, and there's certainly a strong point there um, to be made that just we don't, you know, the saying used to be, you know, a man's word is, is his bond. And that's one of those more universal applications mm-hmm. of the of the word man, though it, it did tend to be more directed at the masculine. Um, but and, and so that's not there anymore. But it, it seems like there's a little more at play here than what she wants to let on, at least from what I've gleaned. Uh, from just skimming an article or two and a headline or two. But I don't know what party she's in. I don't know if she's, you know, right, left, center. No idea. But as I understand it, they have upcoming elections, and it's looking like it's going to be a complete bloodbath for her party. Uh, And it seems like she's just piecing out before being being thrown out and, and having to deal with with any or all of that is the take that I saw. So to but the extent yeah, that I know I mean, absolutely it's nothing it's about New Zealand politics, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, take your licks. Right? Like that's right. that's the gig. Like if you just don't want to run again, okay. Be like, hey, you know, I, I had I had my daughter. I you know, that's more than I expected. And hey, I like her more than you people in this job. And so, uh, you know, I ran for this term, I'll finish out the term and then I'm done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's just a couple months, you know, like it, it's, it, it's just, it, oh, it boggles my mind, man. Like if you're going to sign yourself, you're going to sign your name to something, fulfill what you say you're going to do. Good Lord. At, at some point, be, grow up, be an adult. If you don't want to do it, if you don't want to fulfill it, then don't sign up to do it, but don't let that be your excuse yeah. for, for not fulfilling it. If you do it, get out there and do something. Don't be lazy. Don't be slothly. Get out there and finish what you say. Let your let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. If you're going to say you're going to do something, make it happen. Make it happen. Don't don't just peace yeah. out because well, I'm going to lose this battle anyway. So what's the point in continuing? That's garbage. Grow up. Grow up. I say. Yeah, I I think the most uh, well maybe not the most frequent because I you know I feel like people uh, you know. Uh, crap out on the word all the time now. Uh, but one of the more uh, vexing uh, scenarios is just like what we see with marriage. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you even doing vows? Why are you even doing like v- vow? It's, it's a, it's a vow. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, uh, I, I don't know, do something else, call it something else, you know, change, change up the, the wording. Uh, just don't get, don't do vows, give a spiel. Be like, I'm going to stick around for as long as this feels good and is advantageous. Uh, I saw a video until at some point. somebody until somebody better comes along. Yeah, I saw I saw a video at some point that was it was a marriage and it was something like that. Like the the pastor that was providing the, the or uh, officiating the wedding was going over the vows and it's like I promise to love you as long as I feel like it and promise I'll never leave you until that day I find someone better and like so they're just repeating it through and. Man, it is just, it's its the reality of the world today, you know? It's okay to, like, here's the thing. Like, it, it is okay to fail. Failure is actually a good thing. That's how we learn. That's the best way for us to learn. It's its, it's, it's okay to fail. It's a whole different thing just to give up and throw in the towel altogether. That's, that's the issue. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you. But uh, I think I think New Zealand will get by. I think um, the Hobbits will make it to Mordor. I think they'll destroy the ring, and I think everything is going to be the Eagles will save the day. Where were the Eagles during the rest of the time when they could have been helping? Nobody knows. It's a plot hole, but uh, the Eagles will they'll save the day, so it'll be fine. There's, there's a couple of I those did there. Want, <laughs> I did want to close uh, this week with an oldie but a goodie with a throwback. Um, now, you got to be a... a dedicated Solid 7 podcast listener to know this, but our very first episode, almost two years ago now, our very first episode, uh, regular listeners, you'll you'll know, a typical like podcast episode naming convention will have the guest name. And, you know, I try and pull out three kind of clever things, words, points, whatever, sometimes a little coy with it. To put in the title, something to grab your attention, something to wet the whistle. And so episode zero one was HomePod discontinued, pets versus children, and Moe's versus Chipotle. Now, we discussed all kinds of things on that episode, but I thought those things would catch people's attention. But we spent some time that very, very first episode uh, with my former co-host, Josh, RIP, and I discussing the, the death of the HomePod. We're both... Uh, you know, uh, big Apple guys. Jason, of course, regular listeners will know. Not so much. His tech show up green. Uh, I try to overlook it. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, but uh, it was, it was, they were discontinuing the large format HomePod. Uh, and at the time, I already had a couple and, and I, I still do. Uh, I swapped out my Sonos speakers for them, which Sonos, fantastic. Uh, but man, those big format HomePods, just everything about them, man. I, I loved it. Made sense for if you were already in the Apple ecosystem, but as somebody who used to work in in pro audio, in in production, live concerts, very expensive, high quality sound systems, stuff like that. Uh, just love the sound of them. Uh, it's they're not going to get you by if you're a, a true audiophile, um, but for the vast majority of the population, just sound good, room filling sound, uh, easy to use, and uh, and was sad to see them go. Of course, they released the HomePod Mini, and I've got. I've got some of those too. Uh, but in the news this week, very anti-Apple. They normally don't do January announcements. They announced some new MacBook Pros uh, this week, a new Mac Mini, all, you know, all with upgraded uh, Apple Silicon, Apple chips in them. But they also announced they're bringing back the big HomePod. And mm. so life is cyclical, folks. Just wait it out a little bit. It's cyclical. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've made some changes. They actually have two less tweeters in them they've got two less mics in them but early reviews from people have been allowed to listen to them so far in very controlled circumstances we're very very impressed uh with the sound and and most most of the reviewers uh felt that it was even an improvement over the already good original uh 2018 home pods so uh excited to see those coming out uh not unrelated if someone is looking to pick up a pair of lovingly used <laughs> home pods large format home pads uh, you can reach me at uh, kale at solid7podcast.com. I'm sure we can work something out because, of course, of course, I'll need the new ones. Something that's cool along with that HomePod news. It's been known for a long time because, of course, in the tech world, new phones come out, new gadgets come out. There's uh, these media organizations that immediately buy them just to rip them apart. They just do teardowns mm -hmm. to see what's right. inside, what changed, what, what the engineering, engineering is. 
So they've known for a long time that in the HomePod minis, there were sensors that weren't being used for temperature and humidity. They were just inert, but everybody knew they were in there, but they weren't active for anything. Well, the new large format HomePods, they support Matter, which uh, Matter being a, a new uh, wireless, uh, you know, like uh, it's not Wi-Fi, it's not Bluetooth, but it's smart home tech for devices to talk to each other. So that's new in these. But they've also added humidity and temperature sensors in the new ones, in the new large format, and in the next update, which I think is 16.3 for the Apple people, um, they're going to activate those sensors in the HomePod minis. So where that really comes to an advantage is like for somebody like me, I, our, our, our house is ranch style. It's very, and it's long. Um, and I just have one AC unit on the house. And so where the farthest bedrooms are, they just don't heat or cool as well. I've added returns. I've added ducting, all kinds of stuff. Um, it's just, it's just not great. And so the, the temperature like in my master or in my daughter's room can be pretty significantly different from where my thermostat is. So if you've kind of gotten into the smart home thing, as I think most listeners will know I have, you can do things like say, Hey, if this sensor in this room, you basically use it as a thermostat. If this sensor in this room gets to this temperature, then I want you to set the AC or the heat to this amount. So you can kind of use that to override the thermos, like the temperature at your thermostat. So kind of some some cool applications. And of course, uh, you know, like winter, I know a lot of homes get dried out. You can kind of do a better job of keeping track of humidity, which like keeping the humidity up will actually cut down on illness because viruses get stuck to those particles and they sink rather than floating around. Uh, stuff like that. So kind of cool that they're building that in the new ones, that that's finally becoming active. I just thought it was kind of funny seeing that this week, being that it's the, the topic that we, one of the topics that we opened the podcast with. So, Yeah, it's like you said, it's it's cyclical. It's come back around. Uh, there's there's It's amazing how uh, even even looking at clothing, words, uh, just just so many things just come back around time and time and time again. Yeah. Speaking, speaking even of tech, there's a, a new, uh, speaking yeah. of tech, have you seen all the crazy, like just over the last week or two, crazy stories about AI changes that have been taking place and are being implemented? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I've, it's, I've gotten on like and, and played with, uh, yeah, I think, I think one of my yeah, favorite, whatever the opening, I think one of my favorite ones is the fact that like schools right now are having to change their rules and regulations because so many school colleges, this being uh, so many colleges and stuff are, are changing, like questioning, they're changing quizzing, they're changing the way that they do online classes and stuff because there are chat bots that are literally designed to make it look like you as the student are actually in the class and able to answer, even though you're not there. Uh, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Like just how technology yeah. keeps advancing I mean, so fast right now. The, the art stuff has been really cool. Though I'll say this, people, please be careful with what organizations you give images of your face to. Oh, my gosh. Just no throwing that out there just because it will spit out a cool fake painting of you through some AI. I've played around with chat GPT. It's cool. It's not perfect. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good way, like... I mean, immediately I could see professional applications. I needed to write an email for something as I uh, often need to. I'm like, let me see. Let me see how this does with the email. Um, And what it came up with wasn't good enough for me to just click send on. 
But man, it did a lot of the work for me. Like I punched it up, but it did a lot of the work for me. Um, you know, so already, uh, you know, there, there's organizations. I I know you mentioned CNET, like already there's some organizations letting it, letting AI write some articles. So it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it impacts certain things. It's funny now that, well, CNET was, it's crazy because with CNET writing their articles, allowing AI to write some of their articles or whatever, they were being really cryptic and not honest about it. And then they came out and they're like, yeah, this is what's going on. And since then, like they were pointing out like different articles. So people have now been scrutinizing them and realizing that the AI is, is, it was kind of funny the way they said, they're like, it's just as stupid as humans are. And it was making mistakes that should not have been made, even though it's a computer. Uh, So it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, there's just, again, it's, it's as advanced as it is. It's still only as advanced as, as what we can make it, you know, Uh, chat uh, GPT or whatever. Yeah. Do you see that it passed? That was another one of the big AI things. Do you see it passed all the medical exams that would need to be uh, used to actually provide <laughs> medical advice? Literally, uh, they're, talking no. about, they're talking about chat GPT being used as an online doctor, uh, being able to, to literally, it's passed all of the exams to be able to give online doctors advice and help. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just, this was just this week. So many crazy things right now. Uh, Del Taco yeah. using it instead of having people take orders at at a at, at the little window or whatever they have an AI that's actually taking your orders for you. I mean, it's just it's it's bonkers, man. How fast this is changing. Yeah, and what's funny is it's most things that are overnight seem overnight aren't. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think this just hit a critical mass of some capability where it just seems like oh man, this got really advanced really fast. Um, uh, you know, I know there, there's some people out there, um, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, not particularly worried or threatened by AI, uh, Elon Musk, very, very much. So I lean more that way, not just cause it's Elon. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe I, I shouldn't let, uh, you know, Hollywood, <laughs> you know, shape my thoughts and my concerns <laughs> on such things. Uh, but I just don't, I don't, I just don't see how it ends well. I don't, uh, so We'll see. Right now, it's still kind of a, a toy, and you know, like in the college, in the educational space, which I, you know, I, I'm in that space professionally, some to some degree. There's already all kinds of tech around, um, you know, like identifying plagiarism and stuff like that. Um, I think in fairly short order, we'll see AI detection built into those systems. Google mm-hmm. already has an AI uh, detector system. Uh, you know, it's not perfect. It doesn't. You know, not on like any kind of intelligent adult level. It doesn't write that well. It's passable. It's impressive. It's good. Uh, writes better than a lot of people can. Uh, but again, like I, I generate a lot of written content myself. Nothing I've like playing around, nothing it spit out would have been anything that that could just go without, right. uh, you know, editing and, and being punched up, stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of a novelty. But, um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, not unlike... Um, you know, the industrial revolution, stuff like that. Uh, I I think some people are going to have to learn some new trades and stuff. Like I I think there's some things that just aren't going to need to be done by humans anymore. Um, I don't know how, how far away we are from them growing us in pods to generate heat for their energy. I think we got a little bit on that one. (laughs) We got some time. Do you see that video of Boston dynamics? Uh, I can't remember what their robot is. It's the, it's the main one that they've had. That's the biped. Um, that's got like kind of the big backpack yeah. or whatever, which they're streamlining it. Um, and, and a lot of their more recent work that they're doing with that is to 
uh, obviously, and it's a lot of it is AI too. It's it's got programming and stuff in there, but it's a lot of AI problem solving stuff that's in it uh, into the system as well. Uh, but they're showing how well it would work on a construction site as an extra pair of hands type thing. So it's like it was computing like, okay, I'm going to need to put a board right here so I can walk across to this scaffold, and I've got to climb and roll this way, like just all this crazy stuff. Just the the movement. Uh, is so like, you'll remember this like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, a lot of the videos that we would see of what were like big robots and stuff you come to find out and it was a guy in a costume or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, and it was fake, but this is actually yeah. legitimate and real. And it looks so human, like already just in the movements, not necessarily yeah. the body, but just the movements are becoming so human, like already. And, uh, yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you, man. Like it's, well, you start, it's, you start bringing those things real. together it, yeah it's real ish here's why i say ish i've watched boston dynamics for for a long time since their early days when you were just seeing a a tethered robot like on a treadmill and and watching their their progression and their advancements and and what they've done is is awesome um a little terrifying but awesome it's funny they keep making them more agile and faster and i lean mm -hmm. more towards dwight who's like no let's just give it a six foot extension cord so it can't yeah, chase yeah. us um but uh if you look like they released a video in that same space not long ago that was their bipedal their humanoid ish robots and their dogs doing this crazy awesome choreographed dance and movement and it's super impressive you see some awesome stuff um, if you want to sleep a little better tonight, if these types of robots concern you, look up the outtakes because right, they didn't right. nail it the first time and they didn't nail it every time. And I'm betting that we saw the absolute best video of that robot interacting with that faux construction site. So impressive, come a long way, done more than I thought they could. I think stuff like that's probably still pretty hampered by battery technology, as are many things. Um, we can get some major breakthroughs in batteries anytime soon. I'm be a lot more worried about those things. Um, but, uh, they're not, they're not quite as far along as their, their very best videos and presentations would indicate. Impre awesome. Kudos. But you know, there's, there's some movie making magic. There. We still have some time. We still have some time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then you've got the Jackos and the Tim Kennedys of the world who welcome the robot uprising. <laughs> I, I, do have to say, I welcome the, the automated driving. That's, that's one of that, one of my favorite movies is minority report. And man, like I, I love the thought process. I, I love driving. Like I actually love to drive. I love being behind the wheel. I love the, the, the manual aspects of it, but at the same token, especially in a long trip, I would like the fast that we could, like the thought that we could go twice as fast and there would be potentially less issue because it's a computer making sure that we're verifying. And I know it's not there yet either. That technology is still growing and still getting better. But man, I, I do welcome that because man, there's a lot of yeah, interesting. I, I'm, I'm torn because I'm still one that loves that. Like I don't have a manual transmission right now, but I, I'm still someone drawn to. I love mm -hmm. that. I love to drive. I love that feeling of driving. I love the tactile sensation, especially driving something with a little zip with a manual transmission and feeling that connection. I still love, again, don't own one right now, but that rumble of a legit, like, oh, uh, yeah. you know, old school V8, the smell of naturally mm -hmm. aspirated gasoline being burned speaks to my soul. Um, and so 
I'm all for it to the extent that like driving manually isn't outlawed. <clears throat> While I understand that not unlike iRobot and Minority Report, uh, we'll we'll probably see certainly far fewer, um, if not you know near zero automobile related deaths uh, where they to perfect the self driving technology and no one be driving on their own. That's why I think it's it's always so disingenuous to me when you see big stories around like. Tesla caused a crash, big fire. Okay, right. But here's the stat that matters to me. Are Tesla vehicles that are using any of their modes, whether it's full self-driving, which really isn't, or the kind of the dumbed down one that's just kind of smart cruise control, are they involved in more accidents per mile driven than human vehicles or less? Because if it's less, Stop running major articles and news stories right. every time they're in an accident. Because if right it's now, less, it's still a win. Yeah, Elon Musk is a villain right now, and they're going to do everything uh, that that they can to just bring him down. Which is, I'm not at, anyway, so I'm not even going to go off on that tangent. Yeah. But it's it's I know I saw Tesla drop like huge in stock, and there's this thought process. It's because well, now he has Twitter, and that's what he's focusing on, and. Uh, it's like, well, you, you know, maybe that's a little teeny snippet of it. A lot of it has to do with the constant negative press that you keep on giving. So people are renegotiating, redebating whether they should even bother getting one now because you're making it seem like it's such a villain. He's such a villain. His cars are such a villain. They're going to explode. If you bring a Tesla into your house, it's going to burn your whole house down. And and you have people that are starting to think that. And it's like, okay, well, that's one out of what? 200,000 cars, a million cars. I don't even know how many Teslas are out on the road at this point. You know what I mean? But it's so yeah. few and far between, and yet how many Toyota whatevers have the same issue? You know, Toyota RAV4 sitting in a garage, wire went bad, caused a fire. Those things happen, and they have happened always in our lifetime. And yeah, that's that's anyways, yeah. So I, I'm with you, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming back on. You're one of my yep. favorite people to rant and gripe with. There's almost no one I'd rather do a grinds my gears episode with uh, <laughs> than you. Uh, I, I, I might, that. I might just title this one "Grumpy Old Men," uh, and I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I, I mean that with all sincerity and pride. Pretty uh, accurate. But, uh, always, always fun to have you on, brother. And then I thought we'd talk some hunting, and other than the sausage, we we really didn't. But I, you know, yeah. I've been talking with Jason. I've been talking a little bit with, uh, uh, you know, Cody over at Blood Origins. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. really. Um, kicking around the idea of, of seeing if I can't pick up some archery throughout the year and uh, maybe head up to uh, Jason's for a, a hunt next fall. So not, yeah, not set in stone yet, but something we're, we're talking about and kicking around. Man, wouldn't it be the perfect thing for uh, Origin to kind of sponsor by, uh, you know, supplying some uh, some camo gear to wear and, uh, you know, turn it into a, a Blood Origins uh, spot and segment. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot of things going on there that could be pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, none of that's, none of that's actually happening right now. It's just, it's just, it's just idea, but, uh, trying to, uh, you know, as, as Oprah would say, with the secret, just putting it out there, putting the energy, putting the energy out there so that I too can, can be molding deer sausage in my, in my kitchen like the stories. So, well, brother, appreciate you coming back on. Listeners appreciate you as always. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, stop by the website, solid7podcast.com. It's solid, the number seven, 
podcast.com. There you will always find links to the latest episodes of the podcast, just like this one. Of course, links to uh, our awesome affiliates, Origin USA, Jocko Fuel, uh, Go Ruck, and the Tuttle Twins. Uh, click on any and all of those links. Everything you find there is quality. Everything you find there is going to make your life better, make our country better, and make the podcast uh, better. So stop by the affiliates. There's a link there. Uh, you just want to throw us a little love. You can buy us a Jocko Go. That's cool. Um, links to all of our social media is on there. Uh, upcoming events like Sandlot Jacks coming up uh, here in April. Um, all that stuff's there. You want to become a Patreon supporter. Uh, you want to get yourself a, a better than average coffee mug. You're not joining the mug club. All right. It's just Patreon, uh, but get yourself a better than average uh, coffee mug. You can listen in live a lot of times when we record, get some bonus content. We're going to do some Q&As, uh, some different stuff like that. If you want to help support the podcast or uh, awesome way to support us, maybe the best way to support us, whatever app you're listening on. If you haven't already, click follow, click subscribe. That's a, a big help uh, to push our numbers up and get the word out there about the podcast. Uh, giving us a little thumbs up or, or a five-star rating uh, especially just helps tell the algorithms uh, to tell people about us. Uh, and next thing you know, uh, we're, on the, we're on the Daily Wire. Bada bing, bada boom. So uh, all that can be done and found uh, right at the website, sound7podcast.com. And uh, until next week, Jason, love you, brother. Thanks for coming on, listeners. Love you too. We're out. The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events and a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. (laughs) 